Si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como enfermedad cardíaca, asma, diabetes y tienes 19 años o más, 52, 36, 42, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antinomocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Radio, 
I'm your host, Michael Strange, and hello to all of you who may also have troubled minds. What's going on, guys? As you know, this is uh, the most interactive radio show in the known multiverse, and as a result, we're doing what we normally do, taking phone calls, having great conversations, and wondering about the wide world around us. And of course, that means the astral. That means out-of-body experiences. That means all of those amazing things that, uh, again, some people have believed are completely true for thousands of years. Some people are like, pa pseudoscience nonsense and so of course therein lies a very fantastic conversation because uh, i've never been perfectly out of body myself uh, had uh, some bad experiences or whatnot but i don't i don't think that really qualifies uh and i just mean you know being like really ill or something and you know sort of sort of having that uh, feel like you're out of body because you're super ill but anyway so this is on my mind tonight this out of body experience and the reason why uh, shout out to the mighty rohan out there um he was talking about a book called uh journeys out of body by robert monroe and robert monroe specifically is a basically a pioneer in that game and more modern he's uh, published some things as late as the 80s and um, late 80s early 90s and he, he passed away in 1995 uh, sadly but um, b- before he did that he founded the monroe institute all those links are going to be in the description down below and if you don't know who this guy is you probably should if you're in this game of you know consciousness and ufos and the out of body and all the stuff because uh, like i said he's uh, been very very notable in the game and written some amazing things in terms of um, uh, chronicling that journey, that out-of-body journey. And I think it's, a, as always, fantastic way to look at these sor- sorts of things between um, not just uh, ideas that we have, uh, but uh, experts. And so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to channel the expertise of uh, Robert Monroe, who passed away in 1995. Uh, before we do that, of course, uh, just to let you know, this is uh, there's no truth to be had here. Uh, this is what this individual said and in some books he's written and whatnot. But uh, as you know, we do this to include you as part of these conversations. That's literally all this is about. And uh, just uh, just considering concepts again, I you know I made a joke last night uh, on a Twitter space that I was a new age philosopher. That's what I do. I'm a new age philosopher, and everybody laughed at me and they said, "What the hell is that?" And I said. I don't really know. I think I made it up. Uh, but I mean, it's really embodies what we do here in, in, in terms of just looking at the old ways sort of paralleled to the new way. And uh, again, uh, sort of mirroring that with technology and wondering how all this shakes out. Are we going to be able to get to the bottom of consciousness? And is it possible to actually go out of body? And we did an out of body show about uh, two weeks ago, 10 days, something like that. But it was more uh, sort of AI centric. Tonight's not going to be AI centric whatsoever. It's going to be good old fashioned, natural, out of body experiences. As usual, uh, looking to hear what you think about this stuff. Do you think it's real? Uh, what do you know about it? And et cetera, so on. So, uh, you, as usual, we're streaming on all the places. And of course, uh, taking your phone calls as we stream on. You know, it's YouTube, Rockfin, Rumble, Twitter, and Twitch. And uh, of course, we're broadcasting live on the Trouble Minds Radio Network. That's KUAP Digital Broadcasting. And we're just hanging out. We're doing the thing and wondering about uh, the wide world we live in, because I think that's what this is all about. Um, if you want to be part of the show, uh, again, just just type in the chat your ideas. I'll try and, and incorporate them as we go. And that's what we're talking about tonight. We're doing that. We're doing this and uh, taking your calls. Like I said, if you want to find the Discord link, we're streaming on Discord as well and the phone number go to troubledminds.org it's the official website it's got everything you need there that would be the podcast feed it would be the social media it would be the youtube channel all the things and of course the phone number and the discord that's troubledminds.org check it out all right so now there's a thing right so back to robert monroe 
interesting fellow. And uh, let's just go, we'll do the generic version to start here. And this guy, like very, very notable in in uh, this out-of-body uh, lore and experiences. And so here we go. So Robert Allen Moore was an American radio broadcasting executive who became known for his research into altered consciousness and for founding the Monroe Institute. His 1971 book, Journeys Out of the Body, which is what we're going to be talking about tonight, is credited with popularizing the term out-of-body experience, or OBE, as many of you know. Uh, Assisted by specialists in psychology, medicine, biochemistry, psychiatry, electrical engineering, physics, and education, Monroe developed Hemisync, a patented audio technology that is claimed to facilitate enhanced performance, and of course, in the out-of-body realm. Uh, He is also notable as one of the founders of the Jefferson Cable Corporation, the first cable company to cover central Virginia. Okay, lots of stuff here in terms of uh, who this guy is, but... What I did, uh, so uh, I fibbed when I said there's no AI tonight. There is, uh, except we're not really going to be doing, you know, AI talk. Um, as you know, we uh, maybe, let's see, was it two months ago now? Something to that effect. I can't remember exactly when we did, but we did a show about channeling the essence of a, of a work of art. And we talked about these new AI tools that allowed you to upload an entire PDF, like Great Gatsby or something to this effect, and then ask uh, direct questions of the art itself. Okay, well, um, there's a new version of that exact thing that just came out today, and it's called Claude, uh, Claude 2, and it's, uh, yeah, uh, 100K, and uh, you can basically upload an entire book into this thing and then parse it for information. And so what we're going to be doing tonight is a little different than what we normally do, uh, which is not taking over the world. I'm just kidding. Uh, What we're actually going to do is we're going to be Uh, able to ask questions of Robert Monroe. Again, he passed away in 1995 through his book, Journeys Out of Body, which was published in 1971. So we're going to go back to this old book, which is it's this this entire show tonight is based on this book. Okay, I've been reading it here and there, trying to keep up with uh, a lot of these ideas. Pretty wild stuff in here. But I thought, wouldn't it be fun to just throw the thing in and then ask it some amazing questions and see what comes out? Well, I did that. And wouldn't you know it, something came out of this called Locale 2. Okay, so first thing, uh, we are asking questions of the book itself, the work of art. Uh, and again, he he did this, uh, Robert Monroe did this book, Journeys Out of Body, as actually uh, chronicling through like journaling and diary entries basically himself going out of body and becoming um well uh whatever he was becoming uh, whatever uh, an expert in that realm okay and so the weird part is uh, reading it, it it's it's absolutely amazing in terms of the things that he says he encountered in that uh, other realm but the interesting more more fascinating part to me is as you know i always talk about dungeons and dragons and this type of stuff and i always joke that you know only halfway joking that everything esoteric i know uh, comes from dungeons and dragons and it is kind of true but the thing here is a lot of that that lore is 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 drawn from uh, sources like this uh, robert monroe journeys out of body but here's a really 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 fascinating part about this in my opinion uh he found there are different realms in the out-of-body experience. And we've talked about this in, in Dungeons and Dragons terms and sort of that cosmology of D&D and, you know, uh, being able to enter heaven or the nine hells or seven heavens, nine hells, whatever it's going to be, right? Uh, Elysium, I don't know, you name it, uh, the, the astral 
just the astral uh, void or in any case, that's a little more uh, gaming as sort of nerd type stuff. But that's fine because it's pretty wild when you look at what this guy was actually doing. He found these places called the Locale One, which he describes as where we live, the full meat suit experience. This is all Locale One. It's where everything we know. Okay, this the prime material plane in terms of Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, everything here in this universe. However, he discusses in depth the the idea of a another realm, uh, a couple other locale two and the locale three is what he calls these things. Now I'll read a little bit on this and, and get us prepped for this. But there's there's a whole lot here. When I was reading about this, I my eyes were popping out of my head almost. I was like, what in the world is going on? This is absolutely wild. And not only is this guy just sort of doing conjecture, he actually has been doing, you know, been doing these out-of-body experiences for decades before he passed away. And uh, practicing the craft and then kind of stretching the edges of where, where you could actually take it and, uh, and finding dare I say, these other realms. So that's, that's what we're, we're talking about tonight. As usual, uh, looking to hear from you. The, the first question is this. What do you know about Robert Monroe? You don't have to know anything. It's totally cool. Uh, number two, what do you know about out-of-body experiences? And do you believe it's possible to actually lift out of your body, out of the meat suit, and travel astrally? That'll take us to where we need to go because we're going to get into locale two and some of these other actual spaces. But don't forget, we are taking questions of the past on Robert Monroe through AI, which is it parsed his entire book. I just uploaded the entire PDF to uh, Claude to uh, 100k and it parsed the entire thing and it uh, started spitting out amazing stuff when I started asking it questions. So uh, let's do it. Let's get to the write up. Those are the questions as we begin. Listen to this. Robert Monroe, an influential figure in the field of out-of-body experiences and consciousness exploration, described Locale 2 as one of the realms or levels of consciousness he encountered during his explorations. Monroe is best known for his work with binaural beats and the founding of the Monroe Institute, as I said, which focused on the exploration and study of consciousness, which is always fascinating. According to Monroe, Locale 2 is a non-physical realm that exists beyond the physical universe. It is a realm that individuals can access during out-of-body experiences or through specific techniques and technologies designed to induce altered states of consciousness. Monroe's experiences in Locale 2 were documented in his book, Far Journeys, where he shared his encounters and observations. Not just Far Journeys, of course, we're talking about this specific book from 1971, Journeys Out of Body Tonight. And that's where a lot of this information, really all of this information comes from. So pretty wild stuff. So Monroe also described the, let's see, wait, wait, wait. Uh, okay, uh, skip that. Uh, so in Locale 2 is what he calls this, this place. Again, it's a realm that exists beyond our physical universe. But in this place, Locale 2, Monroe described encountering various types of beings and entities. These beings were not necessarily human, but exhibited their own unique characteristics and qualities. Monroe encountered what he called I there entities, uh, which were conscious entities that seemed to be aware of their surroundings and interacted with him during his explorations. These encounters often involved communication, teaching and exchanging knowledge. Monroe also described the landscape and environment of Locale 2. Now, this is where this gets a little weird. He mentioned encountering structures and buildings that appeared to be constructed out of a form of energy or thought. 
The scenery was described as vibrant and dynamic with colors and textures that were unlike anything experienced in the physical world. Monroe noted that the laws of physics as we understand them did not necessarily apply in this realm. And he encountered phenomena that challenged his understanding of reality. Okay, so there we go. Now we're going to get to the rest of what this locale two means and all the rest of this stuff. But as I was reading about this, and again, parsing the book, like, as I told you a couple days ago, I've been reading this book slowly. Um, it, it, as you know, I'm juggling a lot of things. I, I work another job, uh, a couple other jobs even. And, and I'm, um, you know, it's, it's just hard for me to sit down and read a ton at a time. I can do it in small chunks. And so I've been reading uh, his, his book, The Journeys Out of Body, and it's good. It's, it's basically just a chronicle, like I said, of diary entries of him literally saying, well, this is the date and this is the, uh, the, you know, it's 3 PM and I had lunch and now I'm going to try an out of body experience. I'm going to try and go astral or whatever you want to call it. Right. O B E. But what he did then is he would uh, do the thing and he would stretch the, the limitations of how you could do that. He tried to go halfway out of body to leave with just his upper torso and leave his, his legs in his body. He, he, like he was trying things like this, trying to really stretch the paradigm of what it means to be out of your own physical body. Okay. Which is amazing because you don't get a lot of that true exploration in this sense, doing it, uh, you know, dare I say, scientifically because that's really what he was doing. He was chronicling this stuff and uh, trying to meet entities and learn what was going on in, in all of these spaces, okay? But then the weird part, it, like I said, is he started to find these other realms and started to find these other entities. So that's what we're doing tonight. Think, talking to OBEs, out-of-body ex- experience or out-of-body exploration we're talking about tonight. And uh, in terms of Robert Monroe, and like I said, it's uh, it is fascinating that th- this new AI stuff you can just upload, do the thing, and uh, bam, you're in, and you can now ask questions of this this work itself, which is just a massive chronicling of out of body experiences in journal and diary style. Wild. So, uh, if you have questions for this book, uh, just type them in the chat. Just make sure they're all in caps so I can see what you know. Differentiate between the questions here. We'll put it in. It takes it a minute because it's it's hundreds of pages and thousands of experiences. But uh, we can actually ask questions directly of this entity, of this book, this work of art, like we talked about in the past. Except this particular book, Journeys Out of Body is basically an astral travel expert, an out of body experience expert. Because that's exactly what this is. It's a chronicling of these realms, of these entities, of how to accomplish these things and what, what Robert Monroe learned from it. Wild stuff. Like I said, uh, this, is, this is exactly what we were talking about. The ability to do this in terms of sort of channeling people who have long passed on. And, you know, again, Robert Monroe passed on in 1995. But now we're able to sort of channel the essence of his, um, dare I say, his life's work. Uh, through uh, uploading a PDF and every single word he wrote in Journeys Out of Body and ask some questions of it. So if you guys do have questions, type them in the chat and we'll uh, put them in the thing. It'll take a minute or two for them to, to populate and for it to actually parse and spit us out an answer. But I think it's a, I think it's a cool way to do this because it, it literally gives us an expert and the ability to lean on an expert and ask specific questions uh, in relationship to uh, the conversation we're having. So so there you go. The pretty, pretty neat thing today that we 
we, you know, we talked about the possibility of doing this just mere weeks ago, maybe a couple months, but now we're able to actually do it because um, it used to be, remember, uh, when we when we first did this, it was Claude, what it was called, it was Claude 100K or whatever uh, was the AI system that was able to do this, but it could do about up to The Great Gatsby, which was a short book. Well, now uh, they've upped it, they've doubled it. So now you can, uh, you can, dare I say, channel longer and longer books. And if you remember that conversation, we were talking about being able to upload the entire Holy Bible, uh, you know, they say the King James Version or something, and uh, just be able to ask questions of the Bible itself. And that's the thing that I want to know about in terms of uh, everything, in terms of the nature of reality. And uh, is there sort of an essence to the Bible? And not just the Bible, I say that as, as an example, but I mean... A lot of different ways to look at this. There you go. Uh, have you ever had battles? I'm gonna I'm gonna drop that in right now, and we'll maybe get to that at the uh, as this thing populates. But but yeah, perfect. Thank you, Matt. Uh, if you guys do have questions for this, uh, Robert Monroe Robot from Journeys Out of Body. Uh, let's see. Let's do it. Have you ever had battles uh, out of body? And there is one example I can think of just from reading this. But uh, uh, let's do it. Uh, let's uh, let's hit the thing and see what happens. Nope, nope. <laughs> uh, I got to word it a little bit better, but uh, that's what we're doing tonight. Okay, so back to this. I'll, I'll word this a little bit better, and we'll get it right. The the the, the AI said, "I'm an AI, and I've never really had any battles." So, uh, but I have to actually uh, actually have to uh, write that properly. Okay, so that's what we're doing. So back to this. Uh, what do you guys know about out of body experiences? That's the question. Do you think Do you think it is possible to actually uh, just elevate uh, the, the from the meat suit and experience uh, a realm that is not well? locale one <laughs> which is which is where we start tonight and where we're broadcasting from locale one uh maybe i'll, I'll work that into the intro of the show going forward broadcasting from las vegas in locale one i mean right <laughs> as ridiculous as it sounds okay so so that's what's going on uh, i'll type that in during the break there or when i get a second uh appreciate the question matt but yeah uh another one uh, have you ever fought yourself that's another good one okay so here we go so Blah, blah, blah. Back to this. Back to where we were at. So locale two is, again, sort of this space out of body. That's not we're, we're in locale one, the prime material plane here. Locale two is depicted as a realm of learning, growth and exploration. Monroe believed that individuals could gain valuable insights, expand their consciousness and access higher levels of awareness by visiting this realm. He emphasized the importance of maintaining a state of focus, clarity and intent during these experiences to fully benefit from the potential offered by locale two, which is this mysterious place that you encounter when you go out of body. Uh, it is important to note that Monroe's experiences and descriptions of locale two are based on his personal subjective experiences. Of course, the AI, ha AI has to say that. Otherwise we think the AI has gone rogue and lost its mind, but these experiences cannot be scientifically verified and interpretations of such realms vary among individuals. Perfect. There's your disclaimer uh, Monroe's work, however, has had a significant impact on the field of consciousness exploration and has inspired many others to delve into the realms of OBEs and altered states of consciousness, which we talk about all the time. We talk about this stuff all the time because uh, what, what is consciousness? What, what is an altered state of consciousness? We talked about uh, not too long ago with James, shout out James Salcedo out there. We talked about uh, the sensory deprivation experience and what that does to our consciousness. And does it make us feel more like we're out of body or even can it be used as a tool? to take us out of body as part of the process. And that's, like I said, that's what this is all about. It's so just considering the possibility here. 
And what's it? Matt Salsa says it's more like a third, a third person in a video game. And kind of, yeah, it kind of seems that way. So anyway, uh, it's important to know. Okay, we read that. So Locale 2, as described by Robert Monroe, is a non-physical realm that exhibits unique characteristics and has a distinct environment. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Or yeah, more another disclaimer. Uh, it's char- uh, uh, characterized by its vibrant and dynamic nature. The realm was described as being filled with colors and textures that are more intense and vivid than one typically experiences in the physical world. The environment itself is dynamic with energy flows and fluctuations that give it a sense of constant movement and change. Within Locale 2, Monroe encountered structures and buildings that seem to be constructed out of energy or thought. These architectural formations often displayed unusual shapes and forms, reflecting the creative and imaginative nature of the realm's inhabitants. The structures may defy traditional physical laws and feature intricate designs that captivate the observer. The landscapes of Locale 2 are primarily composed of energy patterns and formations. These energy patterns can take various forms, including flowing patterns, geometric shapes, and swirling currents. The terrain itself may consist of vibrant energy fields, streams of light, and ethereal landscapes that differ significantly from the familiar physical landscapes found on Earth. Now, of course, uh, space and distance in Locale 2 are not necessarily experienced in a linear or conventional manner. Monroe suggested that distances within this realm may be traversed instantaneously or perceived non-linearly, enabling rapid movement or exploration of different locales within the realm. All right, so mark my spot there. And that's what's on my mind tonight. We're just going to channel uh, Robert Monroe and his book, Journeys Out of Body, through this new Claude 2 100K AI. And uh, I've got your questions. I see a couple of them out there. But we're going to – I'll punch those in during the break uh, properly um, try and word them in terms of asking uh, Robert Monroe. Did Robert Monroe ever have – And then if you can phrase them that way, it'll save me a minute from trying to juggle all these things and do it all at once. But I'd appreciate that. But uh, type your questions in the chat. We can uh, drop it into Claude here. The parse, the actual AI itself. Well, the essence of the art known as Journeys Out of Body by Robert Monroe, 1971. Lots of stuff to talk about and think about and lots of ways to consider this. And lots of different realms, by the way. There's a lot of different weird things that you would never expect from this book, Journeys Out of Body. Let me hear what you think. What do you know about this Monroe Institute? What do you know about actually out-of-body experiencing? What do you know about this place called Locale 2? And we will get to Locale 3 as well. 702-957-1037. This is Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange. Don't go anywhere. More after the break. Be right back. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange, and we're streaming on YouTube, Rockfin, Rumble, Twitter, and Twitch. We are broadcasting live on the Trouble Minds Radio Network. That's KUAP Digital Broadcasting. Tonight, we're taking your phone calls as we discuss out-of-body experiences. But not just good old-fashioned run-of-the-mill. We're talking about channeling the essence of an expert himself, Robert Monroe, who founded the Monroe Institute based on his journey outside a body. Of course, uh, the OBE experience, he, he coined the term in modern modern ways, in, in the modern way. And of course, it used to be called what going astral, astral travel, and it's still called all these things. But the, the super fascinating thing about all this is we're able to, to take his book that came out in 1971 called Journeys Out of Body, which is essentially it, just a diary, a, a journaling of him trying this stuff every single day and pushing the limits and boundaries of what he could do going out of body himself. And like I said, it's super fascinating. I haven't read the entire thing, but I decided to, decided to get a little cute with it. And uh, this new thing came out, this new AI called Claude 100K. And it means that you're able to upload massive PDFs. And uh, I don't think it's big enough to upload the Bible to just yet. We'll do that one of these days just for the lulls, or maybe not because we might piss some people off, but we'll take it, take it maybe war and peace or something and just some massive tome of the ancient days and just upload this thing. And um, uh, maybe the Iliad or something and be able to talk to the Iliad itself and the essence of Homer or in this case, the essence of Robert Monroe. And again, like I said, this is just through AI, an interpretation from his books and these uh, the chronicles of his out of out of body experiences that he journaled diligently for years and years and years to include in not just this book, but several other books. And of course, which led to the founding of the Monroe Institute. So what do you know about it? What do you know about, uh, again, out of body stuff? What do you know about this? Uh, this place called Locale 2, which is fascinating as hell. I got the answer to your question there from the book. Um, uh, uh, Matthew, we'll talk about it when we get you on the show, and it's just a sec here. But uh, what do you know about Locale 2? And uh, what about the different, let's say, planes of existence in terms of um, not just the D&D cosmology that I love to talk about, but what about actually from an expert that can do this and has done this for years. Love to hear your thoughts. 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link at troubleminds.org. We'll put you on the show just like this. Let's go to James in Michigan. Salcedo Paranormal, what's up, my man? You're on Trouble Minds. Go right ahead. Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Sound, you sound great, my man. Good. Um, yeah, I started reading that, listening to that book years ago, and I never finished it. Um, that was back when I was using... Uh, uh, Audible on Amazon and didn't work out with them. Um, but um, I, I think I've already told my story about how I fell asleep listening to it one time and had a dream about my grandparents' house 
and uh, there was there was someone talking in the dream, and I was annoyed because my grandparents were there and they they passed years ago, and I was trying to find who was talking and get get them to stop, and I could not figure out where this this voice was coming from. Even though I, I saw my, my old laptop on the dining room table and didn't make the connection that it might be coming from that as far as uh, somehow symbolically coming from that. And the dream ended with my grandma laughing and saying, it's coming from you, James. And then I woke up and I realized, oh, oh, it's the audio book. I was hearing the audio book while I was trying to visit with my grandparents in this other version of their house, which hasn't been their house now for years. So that was my, that's what I always think of whenever Robert Monroe comes up now. Yeah, that's wild. So, so actually that would be locale too, because he describes it as these different swirling shapes and things, but there are also structures in this, in this space. And he, he thinks it's not uh, static structures. He thinks the structures, again, ba- based on just this sort of parsing the information, learning a bunch of stuff about this this afternoon, and from what I have read of the book itself. But he, he, his idea is he's basing these, the, the structures are based on our memories, on our conscious memory, and sort of creating themselves partially. And so uh, can, you, can you run into other entities in this, uh, the, the locale too? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and not only that, he describes specifically how he met an old professor of his who had passed on. He met the actual entity, the ghost, dare we say, of his, his, uh, an old mentor of his. So that exactly plays right there in terms of maybe, maybe by listening to and through some meditative state, uh, in this case, you were maybe in between the nap and whatever was happening there. Maybe by listening to the techniques of this book, uh, you were able to actually explore the locale too and uh, meet your grandparents again for another time. How, how amazing is that? Yeah, I think that's what happened. And of course, I forgot to mention this time that uh, I had been sitting in my chair with my blindfold on, <laughs> giving my eyes a rest. And that's when I had fallen asleep. And that's what led to all that. So, yeah, it definitely seems like, and it, it definitely, it, it felt like them. Um, I've had dreams of sort of like memories of experiences of being with family before and with being being with my grandparents and i it, there's a difference i think at least it seems like to me based on what i felt between a, a dream that involves memories of people and then w- encountering those people in some other ki- some some other place some other maybe locale too whatever you want to call it um encountering them actually them there yeah, it's it's a wild place. There's a lot of entities he describes, and he, he even describes some as human, of course, and then a lot of non-human entities, and even, uh, dare I say, um, let's say human spirits that, uh, you've heard this term before, people talk about this often, uh, we get callers sometimes bring this up, shout out Big Y in the chat, uh, talking about the, sort of the vibrational frequency of entities, and you know lower or higher density frequencies and these sorts of things he, he kind of describes this in terms of maybe human spirits that are dare i say trapped in sort of that purgatory sort of sort of place and it, he's able to interact with them and they they swarmed him and he described them as uh you know basically 
uh, uh, fear-based and they would come after you if you were afraid or if you were thrashing or uh, in, uh, we'll get to that. I'll, I'll read exactly what, what he said in his words, but there's, there's some wild stuff happening with this place called Locale too, but it seems to be uh, sort of this um, in-between destination where a bunch of these energies co-mingle and uh, where you go when you go have an out-of-body experience. Amazing stuff. Uh, what else do you know about this? And have you ever tried it since, by the way? Is this like an accidental thing just one time? Or have you ever been able to actually maybe put on a blindfold, uh, kick your feet up, and just sort of meditate for a minute and actually go out-of-body intentionally? Has that ever happened? No. Everything that's ever happened to me that I felt was out-of-body was always accidental, um, including the other times, the other uh, experiences I've had where and this is why I'm not sure how this works or where if this is part of that or something different because I've had dreams, um, experiences before of traveling the places that I did not recognize um, and moving around in them while I was there. And then the I basically get tired. I feel tired at the end of these experiences and everything fades out and I go back to regular sleep. And then months or years later, I actually end up visiting these places in person. And it's not the same as the the, experience, the dream experience or the out-of-body experience in that whenever uh, I, I visit these places in person, I'm with people and there are people moving around these places. In some cases, it's even um, nighttime in the experience, but then daytime when I visit the place in person. So, but I wonder, because I've always heard about out-of-body experiences being more of a, a journey out of the body, um, where, where people appear or, like, come out of their body in their, whatever they're staying at, and they see their surroundings that they fall asleep in. But for me, that never happens. I'm always already somewhere else, and I don't know what the reason for that is. And uh, so that's why th- th- this whole subject to me is really amazing. Yeah, yeah, and even even more wild. Like I said, if you, if you still have that, oh, you don't have Audible anymore. Uh, how does that work, by the way, with Audible? Do you do you keep the book, or is it just part of the subscription service? And then once you cancel, you can't go back and finish the book. Is that right? I I don't know. I sort of just canceled just because I had a terrible. Um, they basically wanted me to log in with my phone as well as the the PC, and I'm legally blind, <laughs> so yeah. that wasn't going to happen. And so, too, and but they refused steps. to budge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, something you got to draw yeah. the line somewhere, James. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what okay. I did. So, yeah, amen. That's okay, a, just just yeah. curious about that. Never tried Audible myself. That's why I'm asking. Uh, okay, so uh, so uh, anything else regarding this? Now, I know. So you you did listen to partially uh, Robert, the Robert Monroe book again. The one we're talking about tonight, Journey Out of Body, Journeys Out of Body. But uh, what else do you know about him that you can add to this? Or uh, what about this uh, this space called uh, uh, Locale Two? Does that seem like an odd thing to call it to you? Not really, especially if it's not exactly um, like Earth as we see it or as we know it. Um, I have heard of other people having experiences where they seem to go to other worlds, and I don't think I've had that yet. Uh, I say yet because you never know. Um, but I've had more experiences with this world, just different states or different being in different versions of it, and I don't know if that counts as locale too or not, or how that works again. Um, I think all these, a lot of these things can blend together. And so it's always hard to know what's what, but uh, yeah, I haven't, uh, I don't think I've been anywhere too um, exotic yet. 
Amen. All right. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, fantastic stuff. I love the story about kind of dozing off uh, listening to Robert Monroe uh, on an audio book format where basically, like I said, he's he's describing each time when he goes out of body. So he's basically, like I said, chronicling the experience, but also describing the process of how to do it. So it's it's almost like, uh, you know, your, your, your subconscious picked up on that and was like, yeah, cool, we could do this. And bam, there you are <laughs> in the in the locale too. pretty, pretty wild stuff. Uh, anything else to add to this, James? No, I think that was it. I know you got callers, so thank you for having me on as always. You were the best. You were the best. James here, you know him, you love him, good friend of mine, a good friend of the show. He's the uh, paranormal expert of Troubled Minds and a very good friend of mine. And uh, he's got his own radio show, his own podcast, uh, all the, the YouTubes, the TikToks, the, the Twitters, all the things you would expect. Please give James a follow. His show's called Salcido Paranormal, S-A-L-S-I-D-O, just like it sounds. And uh, you could also find it at troubledminds.org forward slash friends. It says follow James here. Follow him in all the places. Let's get his uh, downloads up. Uh, and the, the good thing, like I said, it's uh, his show uh, shorter. Um, he he does about you know twenty four minute segments, something to that to that regard, and uh, you can just pound down two shows in an hour and and be like, damn, I just learned a ton of stuff because he does all kinds of amazing paranormal things. So please check that out. Let's go help our, our buddy James get get his downloads up and uh, get some more interest in these paranormal type stories. Because oh, I got a, I got another parallel we'll get to a little bit later, but uh, do, remind me about that. We'll get to it. Actually, I'm going to mention it right now. So there's, there's this new study, actually, uh, that came out about a year ago. New psychological research uh, says paranormal experiences are the norm, not the exception. And that, the link is in the description. I encourage you to read that stuff in full. And I uh, just wanted to point that out, that it is not uh, something that's uh, hocus pocus from the, uh, let's say, the, the tomes of old. But it, it's something that uh, many people experience, and it is more common than we let on. Thanks again, James. You're the best, my friend. Have a fantastic night. Thanks for chilling with us. Take care. You too. 702-957-1037. We're talking to Robert Monroe, the Monroe Institute, and he founded this. At the, unfortunately, he passed away in 1995, but we're channeling his book. Uh, and here's here's a question before we go to Matthew. He asked a question in the chat. And so we're, we're also taking questions to feed into this Claude 2 100K, which is basically just an AI that has been preloaded with the book, Journeys Out of Body by Robert Monroe, published in 1971. And we're asking the direct questions of the book itself. Now, Matthew asked this question, did Robert Monroe ever encounter a battle with an entity in his OBEs? And if you want to ask a question, just, just ask it in that format. Did Robert Monroe do this or do that? And I could just paste it in. We'll get us an answer. Now, it said this. I'm going to read this real quick, and Matthew will dig this. Here are some key details about Robert Monroe's reported out-of-body experiences. Uh, he was a leading researcher, uh, blah, blah, we knew that. In his books, Monroe does describe some hostile encounters with entities while having OBEs, which could be characterized as battles. For example, in his book, Journeys, Journeys Out of the Body, which we're talking about, he describes being attacked by small entities he called incubus during an OBE, one OBE. He felt they were trying to attach to his energy body. In his second book, Far Journeys, Monroe describes encountering various types of energies and entities with conflicting agendas during his OBEs. Some of these meetings involve tensions, aggressions, or threats that could be considered battles. However, Monroe typically tried to respond to these encounters with understanding and by spreading positive energy. He came to believe these battles stemmed more from mis misunderstandings or differing agendas rather than pure malevolence. Uh, there you go. So uh, that's that. There we go. That's the answer. There's more to this, of course, because I know there's one particular encounter he had, which is pretty terrifying. But uh, let's go to Matthew in Colorado. What's up, my friend? You're on Troubled Minds. How are you? And go right ahead. Well, I'm doing well tonight. How are you? 
Uh, good, good. Just uh, this, this is a, a fun one for me because I've been reading, like I said, I've been reading this book uh, kind of on and off for a couple of weeks and it's uh, it's pretty damn good. A lot of interesting stuff here. Uh, what you got regarding this? Well, you know, um, first of all, I, I, you know, I bought you a book and I'm going to send it to you from a really great um, astral travel auto body experience guy. And it's interesting. You don't know this yet, but it's most of it is actually the same where it's like from his journals and experiences are, are a large part of the, the content of uh, what he published. Uh, but in, in terms of the battles, the reason I asked that question was because, you know, um, I've had a lot of astral travel and out-of-body experiences in the last 28 years, and I've had a number of what I just can only call battles. And um, maybe like psychic battles or, or like something if you can imagine like in um in you know neo battling in uh uh having psychic powers or or mind over matter and escape the matrix and and having supernatural abilities but you know the the agents of the matrix they also kind of have their supernatural abilities uh, some really similar to that I've had a number of those. I don't like to really talk about it too much. You know, there's there's an old saying that, you know, if you if you speak the devil's name, it's not too long until he's going to show up. Um, you know, so I don't like to talk about negative uh, stuff like that. And, and I also, I realized that, I, I don't know how I came to realize this, but I, I realized that, I had actually been for years having those experiences and for years afterwards had those experiences, uh, but they were blocked from my memory. In other words, what I'm saying is that you can go to sleep at night and, and you might astral travel and s certain numbers of people or types of people might have these uh, sort of battles on the astral realms but they're prevented from remembering them because it would be traumatizing to your psyche. And I, I've had a, one of them that I remembered that was actually very traumatizing because of, you know, what I did. And, and so, you know, it was hard to come to terms with and, and everything like that. And, and so I realized that it was like, those types of things probably happen a lot more often than, than anybody realizes, but you're prevented from um, remembering them for your own protection. Uh, um, and so maybe you don't feel guilty or have PTSD or whatever about them. But I had my first... Real, real quick, real quick, hold the thought. Yeah, Interesting you say that. A couple things here. Uh, one, I got a close friend that said uh, something similar recently uh, with some sort of astral situation and could not remember what happened. Uh, second, uh, like you said, if you if you say the name of the demon or whatever, the entity, whatever that is, the old Rumpelstiltskin type of thing, uh, the power in the name, uh, there's, a, there's a, well, well, like I said, my most of my esoteric knowledge lol comes from D&D. &D. Uh, there's a rule in uh, old school Dungeons and Dragons first edition 
Uh, where, wherein, uh, if you mention the name of an, of a powerful entity, a demigod or a god or something to this effect, a greater demon or whatever, uh, there's like a, a die roll that happens. And there's like a 1% chance that the entity hears you and tries to make themselves known to you. <laughs> anyway, just, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> go, go ahead, sir. <laughs> no, no. And I, and I, 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 you know, I, I'm sad to say because I, I consider myself a logical person, but I'm sad to say I think there's something to that. And, uh, you know, and so there's, there's, a, there's a lot of things that I don't like to talk about. There's names I, I won't say that I, that I know. There's experiences that I've had that I won't recount to other people for that exact reason. I just, you know, I'm you know, like to be like you and say glass half full and, and focus on the positive. And, and if you focus on the negative, the negative is going to find you, you know. But I, I had my first out-of-body experience when I was, a, I don't know, a year old, a year and a half old in, in a crib. And I floated up out of my body and because I heard noise that kind of woke me up. I guess I was halfway awake and halfway not. And I heard this laughter and I floated up out of my body. I was like, what is that? You know, what's going on down there? And I was in the uh, top story of a third story house and I floated up out of my body, out of my crib. And I went through the window, floated right through the window. And then I floated down and I saw my parents and another couple that they were entertaining and head over to the house and they were having cocktails and smoking cigarettes and and talking about things and laughing and and you know just kind of having a party and that's what i was going to check out what was happening but you know i i i think that there's certain people that probably have a, a natural propensity or ability or or gift uh, to have astral travels and out of body experiences. I think everybody can have them, but I think some people are more gifted at them. And then I, you know, I had some other experiences, you know, throughout my life and throughout my childhood. And then by about the age 17 or 18, I got really interested in it and I got a book on it and I practiced the techniques in the book, which largely speaking didn't work. Um, but, um, it, it does seem to be like James was saying it, 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 for, for my experience anyways, after 28 years, it's not something you can call up and do on command. Uh, it seems to happen more randomly. However, if you focus on it or you read books about it, it seems to happen more often, which is why I want to send you that book that, that I bought for you. And yeah. like, uh, like James said, J- James was like basically listening to the audio uh, audio version of this Robert Monroe book we're talking about tonight. And it, it basically like like his subconscious seems to have grabbed onto it and taught him how to do it while he was dozing off. <laughs> I mean, good God. There you go. Yeah. And that's why I told you, I got you this book and I, I know you don't have a lot of time, but all you have to do is read five pages a night. You know, that's not going to take you long, 10 minutes. But what it does is it's like the dream incubation. It puts into your your mind, your conscious mind, your subconscious mind that, you know, these things are possible or you're going to explore this. And that can help make it happen and help you realize it. And I I think that, you know, there's this thing that this um, I was talking about the fear barrier 
that when you get out of body and the first time you like leave your body and you realize like stuff's different or you see your own body in your bed, it will scare the crap out of you so bad. You will just snap back in your body instantly. And, and so it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of uh, attempts. It takes years literally to be comfortable with being out of your body and being in these alternate states of reality uh, to where it doesn't freak you out so bad that, that, that you wake up. Right. And, and, and so it's like, a it's a practice. It's a, a, a methodology. It's a, you know, and I, I also just want to get in here real quick. Ekinkar, um, E C K A N K A R. Okay. Ekinkar, E C K A N K A R. K-A-R, and it's, it's almost kind of like a religion, but these are, it's a, a group that's, so you can go to like ekinkar.com or probably ekinkar.org, and they're all about the out-of-body experiences, and they hold workshops, and they have uh, people that are involved in that, and they do shared dreaming, and they will come help you out of your body, and it's been going on for, you know, forever. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's kind of like the Monroe Institute where it's like a legitimate organization. They have groups all around cities, all around the United States. And they have these ECK masters that are like masters about going out of business, uh, out of body. And it, it's a really, uh, cool thing. And I, I think that is like I was saying the other night about psychonauts, that it's a way that we can explore reality in a way that um, is quite beyond our rational mind. Amen. Well said. You're, you're, you guys are becoming everybody here that calls in regularly. You're all radio pros now. You know exactly the time, and you're like, eh, end it perfectly as like the the music begins. <laughs> you guys are amazing. Uh, thank you so much to James and Matthew for the calls. Uh, give Matthew a follow. A smart man, as you know, he's written several books. Links in the description. Troubledminds.org forward slash friends. It says Matthew's books here. If you're looking for something new, let's support the community. Let's support these amazing conversations. Let's support the people that are making these things happen. Go buy one of his books. You're the best, Matthew. Thanks for hanging out. As you know, uh, these shows go long. Maybe, possibly, if you got more to add, we'll talk to you later. You're the best, brother. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being part of this. This is a Troubled Minds on Michael Strange. Don't go anywhere. More the mysterious locale, this out-of-body exploration, and your calls when we return. Be right back. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are talking about alien, the alien abduction phenomenon. The aliens are, are looking through your eyes and they're accessing your optic nerve. I'm doing that. Through that optic nerve, they're transferring to your brain. People are and they also feel them planting or receiving memories or ideas or images Twitter and Twitch. We are broadcasting live on the Trouble Minds Radio Network. That's KUAP Digital Broadcasting. Tonight, we're taking your calls as we discuss the idea of out-of-body experiences, but not just in generic terms. Now, Robert Monroe of the Monroe Institute, he passed away tragically, of course, in 1995. And the weird part is he, he wrote these books. And the book we're talking about tonight is Journeys Out of Body, published in 1971. But it was basically a chronicle, a a diary, let's say, of him learning how to go out of body and then putting the edges of reality to the test in that space. And he encountered what he called this place, Locale 2. And, and as you know, I mean, my love of Dungeons and Dragons and how, uh, you know, it, it got me interested in this type of stuff. Uh, basically, Locale 1 is the prime material plane, which is here. It's our universe, our physical universe, okay? And this, that's a Dungeons and Dragons cosmology term, right? It's how I, you know, sort of frame things so I understand them better. The second thing here is he, he's calling this other space Locale 2, where it seems to be swirling energy. It seems to be uh, structures that are based on uh, memories of, uh, you know, a timeless place of color and fractals. And, and it almost sounds, dare I say, like the DMT realm, like we've heard a lot about in terms of, uh, you know, Terrence McKenna and some of these sorts of things. And uh, he describes entities there. 
And as Matthew said, uh, did he have any sort of uh, battles in this this, uh, locale too? Or even, dare I say, locale three? We'll get to that a little bit later as we go. But look, I don't know. As usual, uh, I talk about this stuff conceptually, and I don't know if any of this is real. Okay, as always, uh, I'm just telling you from my personal perspective, uh, I think that the concepts themselves are fascinating as hell, and I think it's worthy of discussion and consideration and exploration. And that's what we're doing here. Like I said, like I joked when we started, Hey, I'm a new age philosopher. What does that mean? I don't know. It just means considering that all this stuff might be real. And uh, if it is, how does it fit in with technology as we start to become a Neuralink type society? Uh, it is, is that the first step to telepathy and these actual superpowers? I don't know. I don't know. No answers, just more questions. What do you know about out-of-body experiences? What do you know about Robert Monroe and the Monroe Institute? What do you know about this place called Locale 2? And we'll talk about that as we go and some of the weird, let's say, entities that he met in this this out-of-body experience, this locale too, which seems to be the inter- intermediary place between the prime material plane where we're at, this our true meat suit reality, and some sort of intermediary space where things tend to commingle and even have gateways to other places within this locale too, because we'll talk about locale three which he describes in detail as well. So what do you know about it? I'd love to hear your thoughts. As always, nonlinear, open-ended. We can take it wherever you want to take it. 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link at troubledminds.org, and we'll put you on the show just like this. Let's go to the Robert in Pennsylvania. What's my man? You're on Troubled Minds. How are you? And go right ahead. Oh, I'm fine. Um, I've read uh, uh, Dr. Monroe's books long time. Matter of fact, when it first came out, long time ago, and I've also read uh, the Eckenker books that Matt brought up. Uh, the founder of that Eckenker was uh, Paul Twitchell. I have, I still have these books. And, um, I've, I've always been fascinated with this astral projection type stuff um, since I was very young. Um, so I'm really well-versed in the, in, in the whole topic. And uh, Did I have I ever experienced a an astral projection probably twice, all right? But nothing, nothing that really is substantial, you know, just, just brief, and, and that was the end of it. Um, let's see, what have we got? I've got my notes here. What I come to conclude from all my uh, investigations into this sort of thing over the years uh, is that we're not really here, you know, in on, on this uh, plane of existence, this Earth. All right, what we we our lives are in an, in a different realm. All right, um, the physical that we see with see and, and and exist in is just a holographic image of where we really exist. Now that's when when you hear people when you were saying earlier about reading from uh, from the doctor's book uh, about uh, structures and and and, um, it, and and the vivid colors and everything is much more vivid. All right, where where that realm is, realm two, whatever it is. All right, um, it's more vivid because it's the reality and. We are like a faded photograph of that reality. In other words, everything, for example, let's say I died, 
God bless. Right, and and I went on uh, and I uh, trans and I uh, went over to heaven or whatever that that realm is called. I would like, or just simply had a uh, out of body experience. Uh, I would see people I know who are, but not just the ones that have departed, but also the living, the ones that are still alive. And most often, what people experience is that they find that these people are uh, these 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 people are living in structures that are very very close to what they were living in before they crossed over. All right, let's uh, let's say I crossed over, and I would probably find myself living where I was, you know, in, in a structure that was very almost duplicate of what uh, the house I'm living in now because that's where I was mo- I felt more most comfortable. Yeah. But yeah. the house I'm living in now would actually be a projection is a projection of what I you know of where I'm really at and where I really exist in that realm. It's just it's just a it's just a faded copy of what of of that house. Am I making myself? I'm, I hope I'm not confusing anybody. I hope I'm trying to make, trying to make myself as clear as possible. You see no, where I'm coming from? Yeah, it makes sense to me. So re- reading his stuff again, and we're talking about Dr. Monroe, uh, Robert Monroe, and he, he again and founded the Monroe Institute, spent uh, years and years and years studying these out-of-body uh, experiences, and even coined the term OBE, the out-of-body experience. But the bizarre thing is what we're talking about tonight is that he calls it uh, sort of this intermediary space locale too. And as Robert's describing in that space, there are, there are these structures, but they're created by memory and by intention and by thought and by all the stuff. Just a, a real quick blurb from what I wrote here uh, with my lovely assistant, GPT-3PO. According to Robert Monroe, thought plays a pivotal role in shaping reality within locale, too. So as, as you're saying, Robert, as um, the, the doctor here, Monroe, said, again, rest in peace, passed away in 1995. But in his book, published in 1971, he's describing... That structure, like you said, you would if you were in this intermediary space, we're calling locale two because that's what he described it. You would have a very similar house to what you have now. Like you said, it would be almost identical in detail because it's it is a thought form. It is created from your conscious self and your conscious thought. It's where you're comfortable. It's what you know. And so when you move into this locale two, you will will of course bring those memories with you. And that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Well. Um- Here's where I, I, I differ with Dr. Monroe. Uh, he, he was talking about, wrote almost exclusively about astral travel. Uh, and astral travel is, is just a, a just a, just a, a little way above the veil. Uh, it's the lowest vibration outside of this physical realm that we live in, or or, or we think we live in, right? So, he never, he, he, he wasn't talking about that higher realm of where we go when we pass on, right? I mean, you, you've, I'm sure you're aware there's supposed to be seven uh, levels or seven dimensions or whatever, uh, uh, you know, in the spiritual realms. Well, Astral projection is done only in the lowest, you know, the, the that first plane, that first astral plane, right? And that's and and that's exclusive to what his experience was. He never traveled beyond that. 
Yeah, and like you're describing, like you said, the out of body experience and the uh, the near death experience are two different things. It's it's sort of barking at two different realms, I would guess. Sort of like purgatory versus it is, the it source. Is, it is it's yeah. very much so. It's very the the the, the uh, uh, near death uh, realm is is much. It's probably like the third or fourth realm in the in the in the seven planes of of of, of spiritual realms. Um, and he never got there. The only way he got there is when he finally passed over uh, in 95. Um, I'm thinking to myself, my favorite Marvel uh, character, hero, whatever, superhero, was Doctor Strange. And if anybody's you know, out there, I'm sure a lot of, there's a lot of your listeners who probably are familiar with Doctor Strange. There's been a couple of movies out, but he also he has a long-range long history of, of Marvel publishing comics about this character. Uh, that's exactly what he does. He, he travels the astral, astral plane. Uh, he, doesn't tra- you know, he doesn't go up to the sixth and seventh and, or whatever planes. He, he's traveling the astral. And the reason he is is because that's where the danger lies, because that's a very low vibration, still, you know, just slightly higher vibration than, than this physical plane we're supposed we imagine ourselves to be living in. But that's why he comes across all these adversaries in the astral plane. And it is dangerous. All right? When you try to uh, project yourself into the astral realm, all right, the only thing that secures you from, that secures your coming back to your body is a silver cord that, that comes from some people it's at the navel, some people it's, it's, it's the, between the eyes or, or even the top of the head. If that thing gets broke, for some reason winds up, it shouldn't because it's, it's really, you know, it, it's infinitely expandable. But for, if, if once that cord is broke, you're dead. That's it. It's the end of it. Uh, that's why when people have uh, near-death experiences and, and, and they tell, you know, whoever they meet to the guide is or even God or Christ, uh, that they want to stay and they want to go the rest of the distance. And they're told, if you go there, once that cord is broken, you can't go back. Yeah, uh, he, he calls it, uh, let's see, what did he, he calls this a sort of a homing beacon, something to this effect. So you can always find your way back home to, uh, to, to yourself. And we did it. We did a show a long time ago, guys, on that silver cord. Uh, do, do check it out. It's, it's going to be, it's, I don't know, years ago at this point. But uh, I hadn't read uh, any of Robert Monroe's stuff at that point. It was all Dungeons and Dragons based. But as, as you know, as we've talked about this, a, a lot of that stuff in those role-playing games are based on uh, real, actual experience and, and people that have done these, these uh, actual experimentations. But yeah, well said with the silver cord there. Uh, what else you got then regarding Robert um, Monroe, this phone call too? Go one ahead. more thing. AI can never have a soul. Anything that's excuse me, I have a little bit of a of a of a of a itch in my throat. Any anything that's created in this physical plane can't have a soul, right? EI will never. And this idea that of, of, of that some you know goofy, powerful, rich people have about merging uh, humans with machines. All that will do 
is will be you know machines that are basically dead inside because a soul can't exist inside a machine. You know, the soul exists in every single living cell of our body, and machines are not living. There, there's nothing to live in. So um, that's a that's a fool's game. You know, this whole concept of trying to merge humans with machines, that's a fool's game because it just simply can't work. It never will. Yeah, that makes some sense to me. Uh, consciousness is a slippery fish, just like truth, as I always say. And how could you uh, put the ghost in the machine literally? I'm not so sure. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Uh, what else you got regarding I, that? I want to remind, remind some people, everybody, I've said this before, and it's so true, but, and, it's, and I'm sure you've got listeners who can testify to this, who have this kind of memory. We remember where what our, our real existence at birth, all right, um, and we know, and and the, the the toddler, the baby, the toddler is constantly going in and out of its body, all right, because, and and it, it, back to where it projected from, all right, and we start to lose that memory around the age of five. It starts to slip away and slip away and slip away because it has to, because we decide where where we where we come from, where we project from. Uh, we project onto a stage, which is the earth, right? And we and we decide what our, our our profile, our personality is going to be. Like an actor who decides what part he's going to play in a script, right? Other people join other other souls join you in the enterprise, right? And it's all to gain some kind of experience. Um, it's it's basically our uh, a, a, a means of escaping the boredom. Sometimes it gets boring there, and it's an adventure. And and we remember that up to about five years old, and then it has to start. The memory starts to slip away until it vanishes completely. Because if it, if we remembered it throughout our lives, we would never get the job done. Whatever purpose we came here for to begin with would not get done because we would not, we, we have to be, we have to have the amnesia to make it work. I see. I, I, I see what you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so you've only had a couple or three of these, uh, these experiences in your life. Did you ever really like physically try to make this happen or was it all always more like James said, yeah, when he did it I, I accidentally? Have to admit I did. I, I have to admit I did. And I always, from for the most part, the ones that I, the, the couple that I've had were were without attempting to try. But when I attempted to try, you know you're about to do it. It's about to happen because your body starts to you start to feel your body trembling. I mean, it really does. It feels like like you're you're in an earthquake. All right, you're really not moving. All right, but it feels a sensation of it before, and then you'll hear a pop. And, and, and then you're outside your body. But for most people who try this, just like what I believe it was Matt that said, most people who try this, um, it, 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 it's so frightening the first time that you just slip right back into your body. All right? And most people, after that first try, because it's so scary, never try it again. 
And also, just like Matt said, it can be dangerous. You can run into some real evil thought entities out there uh, who, who really could do you harm. Because you don't have the protection of your guardians, you know, the, you know that, that uh, you know, the guardian spirits are supposed to be watching over you throughout, throughout your uh, uh, physical existence. You don't have that kind of protection because they're not a lot, they don't go there, all right? So you're out, and you're out there on your own, and, and you're taking a heck of a chance because, as, like I said, it's the lowest plane. And because it's the lowest plane, you know, it doesn't have a welcoming vibration at all. You could be flying over. You, you, most of the time, what you experience, you might think, I'd like to be in Paris. And next thing you know, you're, floating, you're flying above the Eiffel Tower. You can direct yourself to where you want to go. But some people, if you don't control it, and a lot of people don't have the presence of mind to do that when they, try, when they, when they pop out of the, into the astral, you know, the, or the ones that don't have really a lot of experience with this, they don't, they don't really know how to control it, so they allow things to happen. Things happen because they're not in control, and they have no idea the power they have to ward off these types of things. So they just, like, are faced with this in fear, but it's the fear that brings them back to the body, and they never want to do it again. Once you have that fight, run into that kind of terror in that lowest realm, uh, you never want to... Even you, you, it, it, it's something you just would never want to real experience again. I'm, I don't. I don't want to dissuade people. All right, in transcendental meditation, that's a good way of, of of also projecting into the astral. But you have to be mature about it. You have to know what you're doing. You have to have studied the research, or like Mr. Monroe, uh, his books. Study it. Know what to anticipate. Because you, the last thing you want when you go to do that sort of thing is be surprised. Because if yeah. you're surprised, yeah, but by, by, it's, by it's the, not going to work. The guardian the dragon of all the, all time, or something. Uh, there's there's a there's an actual entity I can't remember what it's called in Dungeons and Dragons, but it it basically runs around trying to find silver cords unprotected and uh, of unaware individuals disoriented in the astral plane and tries to snip that silver cord. <laughs> so what's a, it's the astral dreadnought is and, what and, it's called. <laughs> and, and and that is so real. That Dungeons and Dragons. That part of Dungeons and Dragons, is part, you know, a lot of Dungeons and Dragons comes from this type of, of uh, supernatural uh, topic here, right? Just like Doctor Strange does, right? And that is absolutely accurate. You got to be that. You got to be watching out that there's going to be. If you don't know what you're doing, you you're, you you do risk having some entity come up and destroy your silver cord. Take you out. You know, it's something that can happen. And take, well, what happens is that you don't come back to your body. You don't get trapped there in that lower level. You just ascend to where you're really, really supposed to go. All right. But still, it's the end of you here. And, and, and one more thing, I, I may call back. All right. Okay, got- I really, really have a good, good knowledge of this thing. Sure. One more thing. When somebody that is suicidal, all right, um, a lot of times they'll experience 
uh, an out of uh, out of body experience, or frankly, uh, uh, oh, you're running out of time. You're going to commercial. Um, uh, we'll cross over. I temporary see. crossover into the higher realm, uh, just just because that's what that's what God or Christ wants to wants to happen. Whatever that, that deity is there, to get them to come back and realize, to get them to understand that they still have stuff to do, and they come back transformed. I, I'll get off the line. You're going to commercial, but I may call back. You're the best. Nice. I appreciate it very much. Uh, thanks for calling. Uh, that's. That's the Roberts, good friend of mine, good friend of the show. You know him, you love him. Uh, he's written some books. Go check it out. Links in the description. Uh, TroubledMinds.org forward slash friend. It says uh, Roberts books here. Uh, full disclosure, he sent me one, a couple uh, copies. I read it. It's really good. Uh, please uh, please support the friends of Troubled Minds. We're talking about the mysterious locale too. this out-of-body experience from Robert Monroe. He wrote a book and uh, published in 1971 called Journeys Out-of-Body. And uh, I've been reading it, and uh, we're, we're parsing that entire text with AI tonight. What do you know about out-of-body experiences? we got MJ in Virginia and your calls. When we return, be right back. More Trouble Minds on the way. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange. We're streaming on YouTube, Rockfin, Rumble, Twitter, and Twitch. We're broadcasting live on the Troubled Minds radio network. That's KUAP Digital Broadcasting. Tonight, we're taking your calls as we discuss Robert Monroe. He passed away in 1995, but tragically, of course, always sad. But in 1971, he published a book, and it was a chronicle of his out-of-body experiences, uh, written like a diary in, in short stories sort of format, uh, a journal even. And, and oddly enough, uh, 
like I said, if you read it, if you've ever read this book or, or, or even even read pieces of it, I haven't read the entire thing. I did uh, I did cheat and uploaded uh, the entire PDF to this brand new uh, thing. I'm not trying to sell the thing. It's a new AI. Like I said, if you guys are interested in the thing, uh, you can upload basically a PDF. And we talked about this in the past, a book. And then you could sort of parse the information from that exact book and get information back, which is super cool. It's sort of like uh, channeling the essence of the art itself. And in this case, the art is a lifetime of out-of-body experiences. And so we're sort of able to consult an expert here. But we don't have just one expert in Robert Monroe and his books. We've got multiple experts because we got tons of people that have uh, done actual out-of-body work and all the rest of this. What do you know about it? What do you believe? And um, as usual, uh, what it, what else are we missing here? 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link at troubledminds.org. Thanks for being patient, my friend. MJ in Virginia, you're on Troubled Minds. How are you? Go right ahead. Hey, good. Um, Robert, your last caller, is right about quite a few things. Um, you mentioned that there was, um, I forgot what he mentioned. It was, it was like you go into the out-of-body, but there was, it was called, he had a label for it or a name for it? Yeah, uh, yeah, just OBE, right? Out-of-body experience? Or I'm not sure what you mean. No, 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 no. It was, something, it was a name for like the in-between when you're out-of-body, but it's like a certain area or a room. I, I couldn't remember. Okay, um, I see. Uh, well, I'll, I'll watch but, the chat, see if he can uh, fill, fill in the blanks there. But yeah, go ahead, go ahead. What's your thought on that? Um, anyways, um, doing it out of body. What happened with me was, I, I was, it was you know, accidental. Um, when it first started out, I'd be laying in bed, and suddenly I could, I was, my mind was totally awake, but I could hear myself snoring and breathing. And I'm then like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of laying there like, oh, who's that? I'm thinking in my dream. I was not. That was the beginning of the out of body for me because I could hear myself snoring and breathing, and I just would, you know, I started, I kind of read up on it. It's like, oh my God, okay, that's out of body. And I started realizing those things, that that's what it was about. That was my cue. So you you can put your attention on stuff like that, and that will help train you to do out of body. The next thing is to lift up, but you don't want to wake your body up as you do it, because what we're going to do is try to physically move, and we can't. You're not supposed to. That'll bring you back in and, and kind of cut it. Um, one thing Robert mentioned, um, God, I wish you would at that that name, but what we do when we, what my experience is right now with dealing with um, uh, souls that haven't moved on and they're, you know, need help, um, is you, when you pass away, you initially sort of set up shop and you're living, like you have backdrops to make it look like um, the house that you lived in when you were living. And people have a hard time letting go of that. Some people do, some people don't, but they have a hard time letting go, so they create that atmosphere dead and then a point comes to where uh, you have to leave the backdrops behind and move on and when you do what I've always seen it's just darkness and you can see other souls out there but you can't talk to them and so you go through a level of, of consciousness to where you move on through that it just goes on and it's like forever and of course there's no time so you don't know how long time you've actually been doing anything but then you finally reach a place where the other consciousnesses have gathered and then you can coalesce with them. Uh, so it's a, a larger consciousness. And then at that point, there's other work to be done. Um, kind of don't know where I'm going right now. But anyways, um, and you can also, because uh, Robert had some good points. Um, if you decide to leave and keep going, your consciousness is attached to your body always. And that's your silver cord. Okay. Um, it's attached because it's linked up to your body. You can stretch yourself way on out there if you want. 
um, but you're always attached to that. If you detach or think, oh, this is my new home, and you decide to stay there, you just killed yourself. Is what you did. Yeah, um, it's, it's sort of like the old. Your way back at the point. Yeah, like the old trope, like you die in the dream, you you, you actually die. I got a question for you regarding this stuff. So, basically, Robert Monroe. I know you've heard of him, right? You know, you know this guy at least in in the periphery of. Uh, I've, I've his barely studies. heard of him. I, I I've heard of him, but I've never read any of his stuff. Okay, uh, I got a couple things, super fascinating things that uh, we can bounce off you here if you're if you're keen for this. Uh, so here, there's a weird part, right? He he says lo, locale two is what he calls this place, and he says it seems to have layers or regions that vibrated different frequencies. Uh, the more intense areas were difficult for Doctor Monroe to visit or understand. It's almost like there was a a sea, a, an ocean a barrier of vibration that didn't allow him easily to progress into the next space, whatever that happens to be. What do you know about that particular thing? Well, that particular thing is because he wasn't educated enough to be there. That's all it is. Um, we, and Robert also mentioned seven, seven levels of consciousness. We also have seven chakras in our body several major chakras in our body when they mention that. But basically, when you come up to a wall like that, um, if you're not able to comprehend what that's about, you're not getting in. It's not that it's stopping you. You're just not educated enough uh, as a consciousness to handle or understand what that is. That's a level of consciousness you just simply haven't reached yet. And that's, that's you know, people think, oh, it's forbidden. No, it's not. You just don't get it. <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah, I run into that. I ran into a wall. like. Now, hold hold the story about the wall. Hold the story about the wall. I'm going to validate what you just said. From again, probably the preeminent uh, individual in terms of uh, chronicling these experiences, and uh, termed the you know the modern term of OBE out of body experience. What you just said. So the very next thing in, in my notes here, it says uh, that Robert Monroe repeatedly encountered this mysterious barrier that was sort of like an ocean of this frequency that he could not cross. But as you just said, uh, it was difficult to cross until he learned techniques to navigate through it. Just like you, just exactly like you just said that he had a difficulty at first until he realized, uh, some things to help him get through it. And, uh, well said, man, like, uh, it's almost like you've read this stuff or, 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 or have maybe been there yourself no. even. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Being been there yourself. Um, I ran into a wall. It's like, okay. You know, and I wasn't getting it, and I knew it, so I just quit. It's like, you know, um, what happens with us if people were practicing their intuitive in a living body? Because once you leave, your consciousness, you don't take your brain, your eyes, your legs, nothing goes with you. It's your consciousness you take. You can literally educate your consciousness here by meditation, uh, reaching out like that. You're intuitive. You exercise your intuitive because once you leave your body, you'll be more educated with your intuitive. Okay, um, the monks, uh, uh, the Buddhists, they all knew that. That's why they meditated like they did, because they were raising their consciousness awareness. And when they left their body, they were aware when they left. They had an idea of what was going on. They didn't know everything, but they had that bigger idea of what was going on. A lot of people don't do that. They just sort of die and come down, you know, like a blob and die and hang out, and, you know, and eventually get there and then sort of muffle their way back. Um you have that going on. And yes, you get up against those walls once you are better. And that's when your consciousness, let's say you stay out there, you drop your, your, um, 
backdrops, as I call them, and now you're in the darkness and you can see other lights out there, they're actually consciousness. And then you get the level of the other consciousness, but then you go and you coalesce with them, and then you're talking, and then you move on even from that, and then you have the opportunity to understand those walls, because that's a whole different area. It's like another a whole out of realm, so to speak, but it's not really a realm. You just reach other places, and there's already consciousness there that have entered those places that are hanging out and learning about that area. And then they have another place to go after that. It just, it's infinity. It goes on forever. Um, but yeah, you have all that. Yeah, that's that's pretty wild to me. So the, all that stuff is there. And not, not only, uh, he, he describes, so Locale 2 is populated with by various entities, spirits and beings. Some seem very human-like. Others are yeah. strange and not well-defined. And he says communication is possible with these entities and his experience doing this. I want to ask you a question, though, about, about this stuff. Like we talk about heaven and hell and sort of the, you know, uh, dare I say the modern mythologies. And I, and I don't want to make anybody mad or, you know, be, you know, blaspheme or any of that stuff. I'm not trying to be contentious here, but he, he, he noted this, that uh, there are areas in this locale two, as he calls it. So locale one is the prime material plane. It's where the meat suits reside. It's this universe. Locale two, he's saying, is sort of this intermediary space. But he, he, he mentioned this. Now, this is wild to me. He says there are areas of this locale two that resemble historical descriptions of heaven and hell. The author Again, uh, Dr. Monroe notes these may be created by humans' expectations and religious conditioning, meaning we bring the heaven and hell there to manifest it for ourselves. What do you know about that? Well, when I years ago, when I first started helping people cross over, I would have this area. I'd visualize this area. It was a pond and a rock, and you, I, you know, you know, so many, I could feel it in my body. Like, okay, I shut my eyes, and there they were. And get on my board and start. You know, it's it's my board is a way for them to spell things out. So because I can still get the words, but I, it's like it's a way to, um, it's a checkpoint for me. And yes, it is. Um, it shows the angels flying and what they're doing. But what it is, it's been an education for me because I I've started learning other things about it. So initially. You're going to see that because that's how we relate to religion. So when you do that or you do that kind of work, it's going to relate to you symbolically, but you're also learning about the negative energies and positive energies. It's not heaven and hell. It's negative and positive and what you want to do with it when you're there. Um, There are uh, entities out there that will trap a human soul and use it as a battery and torture. It's there. Um, but I didn't never consider it to be heaven and hell, but that's just an educational thing. Cause what I had to do was learn, go into the darkness and pull out the souls that were, you know, still conscious and pull them out into an area where they could release them. And then they could heal, you know, you could just this, this like bluish white, uh, what, you know, light kind of floating up and, you know, it's all stringy looking till it kind of coalesced into, it was a stronger color and it was more, um, organized, I can put it that way. And that education for me was to step in and realize that you can go into that darkness and, you know, pull out the light. And after you kept doing that, there was, I pulled out the light. So there's more light running around and the darkness started to disappear. Um, but that was just my education. I never considered to be devils uh, as such. So, you know, we think of that. And so now I got an education on, you can, you go in and into the darkness and pull out the light. And now I'm talking about backdrops, and when you take the backdrops down, you're in the darkness, but you can see the lights. 
I see. So, so, so at it's, that it, point, I'm getting this education as I go along with uh, with all of that. So yeah, in the beginning, you get the angels of wings and stuff, and also the communication. And at one point, I would see like angel after angel. I pull these bodies out, and they'd be sitting there all clumped over, and they're white. And suddenly, they get sprout these wings, and they get, and they get the color to them, and they have these robes on, and they're flying. And started they started joining hands, linking up. So my my interpretation is. You're just building a stronger self, understanding, but it's linking up um, the, you know, wings make you fly, you can get up higher and see better. And it was just an illustration to me that, you know, you're getting stronger and good at what you're doing and you're able to see more and more and more. So to me, it's a learning process of that. And because we think of that, that's what we're going to project when we get there. If people take it as doomsday, then you're not going to get anything out of it. You're going to be like, ah, forever until you finally get over it and realize, wait a minute, this is kind of crap. And it may take you longer to get it back into the light, but you can do it on your own. But some people get stuck in it and they just don't know how to get out. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, so you said you hit a wall. Sherry in the chat says, uh, and Sherry's, uh, uh, we met a long time ago on Troubled Minds. She used to follow us on Facebook literally years ago and uh, has had uh, out-of-body experiences, astral travel and the rest. She says this, uh, the wall I saw, like you described, just uh, to the wall parallel here. She says the wall I saw ran thick like water. Ever had something like that happen, or what's yeah. your interpretation there? Um, it could be um, whatever what you see it to be would be maybe thick water. Um, I've, when I was doing Reiki, when I was in school taking Reiki, I was working with a woman, and then in my mind, because I see, like I say, I'm working on Reiki somebody, I can see inside their body and where I need to move the energy and what was going on with that. You know, whether they're clear, whether they're stuck, I could, you know, feel it, feel it in my hands, everything. And in my mind, I could see this wall, a wall of water starting wrapping around me in my head. I'm like, what's going on? And it was just there shimmering like you would have a light coming down through the ocean, like the sun, and you see like that, those beams of light coming down through the water, and it was sort of like waving back and forth. Um, I couldn't see past it, but I know it was some sort of like energy or whatnot. When it's emotions, it may be... Um, if it's like a wall of thick water, it may be it's a wall of thick emotions. And you're not ready to deal with that at that point in time. Your consciousness isn't at a level of going to decipher what that's about. And that's what the wall is about, being able to decipher what that represents to you. Once you get it, you know, then the wall of water is thin. Maybe it gets a little thinner. Maybe it goes away completely. But if it's water, then to me, it would, you know, as we interpret water, emotions, it would be a thick block of emotions needing to work through. Yeah, uh, interesting that water comes up because I was about to ask this question as well. So, uh, interestingly, regarding locale too, and again, this, these are just uh, Robert Monroe's terms for these things. Who knows what these places are really called, sort of in astral terms? How are we really supposed to know as mortals, mere mortals? But uh, here's an interesting thing. So, not just the wall you described, but then Sherry had described uh, it was silver water. I stuck my face in and it looked uh, it looked around the other side, as she says. But uh, here's here's what uh, shout out Sherry. What's up? Thanks for hanging out with us and being around for so long and being a good friend for forever. Uh, so, so Dr. Monroe described this, the border area of sort of that frequency that he was not allowed to pass through is described as a dark ocean-like space populated by entities that would flock around and disturb the author's second body, which is, of course is their astral body. And as you said, with practice, the author learned he, if he remained completely still and unaffected, the entities, which uh, he, he described as like piranhas or little fish, uh, and, and like sort of uh, 
uh, energy energy piranhas, I guess you would have described him. He said if he remained still and unaffected, the entities would eventually lose interest and retreat, and any sudden movements would, would attract him back. But by doing this and sort of relaxing and letting go of the fear aspect and the panic, uh, he was able to maybe pass through this, uh, this again, this dark ocean-like space. Does that make any sense to you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, because I've had dreams like that where I was out running around and I had these beings chasing me. And I could feel, I could feel, I could feel the weight of my feet running. I was in the mud. I was running. I was getting panicky. And I turned around and I just stopped. And they stopped. And what I learned from that was what you just mentioned was, you know, uh, not being afraid because they're basically, their souls, um, to me, their souls, because I've seen this just like, you know, um, I went helping people cross over. They would have an attachment to them of someone trying to hold them back. And I've had uh, what I thought was a demon. And what it really came down to was a very pissed off spirit, human spirit. I mean, they were highly pissed off. And we think, oh, my God, a demon. And I just sat and sat back and I, you know, waited. And I thought, you know, you're human. You're not a demon. And I've learned the difference between demons and humans. And basically, if you're doing that, it could be the same thing to where it's just a bunch of piss-off spirits that basically have kind of co coalesced together of a negative consciousness. And they're doing the exact same thing. And when you stop, they're actually attracted to the energy. They may not be able to see you so much as they're attracted to the panic and the energy and they're drawn to it, like a moth to a flame kind of thing. And when you stop and you relax, they can't sense it anymore because they may not have eyes to see it or their consciousness may not be built up enough, enough to remain there and sense it, you see. So when you start working on those things, you can sort of maneuver through it at certain point. At the same time, why would you? You know, is it there's something on the other side or you're just walking into a dark area where these, these things exist and they're just attracted to that and you can kind of move through it. Maybe there's a doorway on the other side that takes you to another realm or area. Maybe that's just there to, um, you know, uh, um, stop people or, or you know, disencur you know, stop encouraging people that are going to get themselves in trouble. You know, they, you've got to learn how to work through that once you're in it. Like he said, you just relax and you're, you, nothing's around. You can sort of move through. Then you've got to learn to move through it and stay relaxed. And you see them, but you move through it. And they're going to, like I said, they're just attracted to the, the negativity or the, the, you're afraid or the negative energies. That's what they're attracted to first. And then yeah. if they can get coalesce with you and see what's going on, then it could be very dangerous. That's exactly what he says here. So, so real quick, I'm going to read a couple more of my notes and then have you comment. You, you are the perfect guy for this. Uh, he says, slow, careful movement and maintaining composure allowed, uh, again, Dr. Monroe, to traverse the area without incident. Panic and struggling only made things worse. He speculates that the area is populated by less evolved souls still focused on baser emotions like fear, aggression, and sexuality. Your take there? Um, that's absolutely right. Um, I get pissed when I do. I fight. <laughs> it's like, get out of here. Um, and also, but that's a lot of it's right. They haven't developed. And when they died, um, maybe they were a rapist. Um, maybe they were, uh, you know, into uh, in porn movies. They, they just didn't develop here. And then when they left, they took that life into the afterlife and they just kept living it and basically didn't know how to get out of it. And their consciousness was bored into them. And this is all they knew how to do. They didn't have a higher consciousness when they left. 
because they didn't have an intuitive. They didn't practice. They're a very low-level human. Okay? Um, but, yeah, that's I would put that there because um, I've run into that. And what I learned to do, because I basically now you're instructing people. You don't tell them where to go. You instruct them where the light is, and you direct them into the light. You will have something in the darkness back there waiting for the mistake. And what I did one night was, you know, all these, I guess, um, spirits, humans, were trapped. They couldn't. They weren't allowing them to get to the light. It was very dark where I went. The whole place was dark. I mean, there was very little light there. And I'm not sure. You know, was I doing this for myself or doing them? But all of a sudden, I just imagine this beam of light just hitting the ground. And I said, "You guys see that light? Head for it. Just run." <laughs> and you. so what happens? You have all these like you see these little lights going just flooding it. And then it was like you know several hundred souls got released. And what happened was some of the negatives got into the beam, and when they did, it also took them. But what it did was cleanse them immediately. They were free of the darkness, and they were too able to move on. But it, I mean, it's it's sort of like you know, it's not a it's not a soft it's not a soft cleansing or learning process. Long, they got it right then and there, and the rest of them sort of backed off, and then the darkness started you know becoming light more and more and more. So I don't think that was inside me. I'm never I'm never that dark. You're, you're you're creeping me um, out, you MJ. You're you're creeping. Hold on, you're creeping Why? me out because because it, it feels like it feels like you you are reading my notes before I'm about to read them, and you're you're describing. Let me let me read this to you. And so this was the next thing I was about to ask you, and you said it basically before I could. He said by and this okay. is again Dr. Robert Monroe in his book Journeys Out of Body, 1971 publishing date. By maintaining high vibrations and thinking himself beyond the, that border area, the wall or the ocean, as we described it, uh, Robert Monroe was able to penetrate deeper into locale two, where the inhabitants and environment were, were much more benign. Once he crossed over, things were more cool and chill. But this is what he said. Visualizing his second body, his astral body, as a beam of light also enabled the author to move through that area, the, the obstruction, the wall, the water wall, the ocean smoothly. And you basically just, that was the next thing I was about to bring up. And you, you brought it up before I could bring it up. You're creeping me out, bro. <laughs> well, I kind of been doing this a while. So, but it's an education too. I mean, it's an education for me. Um, and it's, since I get educated, it's, you know, you have to pass out the information. That's what it's for. It's not for you to keep it. It's for you to pass it out um, because as it gets passed out, other people hear it and they're going to question. They may have an aha moment or maybe it's just kind of stored in their brain. So when they pass away, it's like maybe that information comes to them after they pass away or they have something to, to lean on when they're doing that. They go, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, it was a lie. They were doing this. But a lot of that is. And what I learned, because I actually had a 16-year-old. He had died from COVID unfortunately, in the area just a few months ago. And they will not give me ever their first or second name. If they're giving me the real name, I'm not sure. And I said, how come you guys never give me the second name? And they said, because we don't want to be recognized here. If we give our full name, but it sends like a vibration or recognition and the dark can come in. And I literally had to take him and shove him into the light because there was something waiting over there. And I kept watching that. I said, put your hand in the light. And so that's going to illuminate you and just go right on in. I kept, you know, and basically I ended up telling him what to do. You're not supposed to do that. But I could see what was coming. It's like, I'm just not going to allow this. 
you know, and when it happened, the darkness over there sort of just dwindled, you know, went away. But that night I had a visitor in my bedroom and it was something very negative. So they didn't like me doing that. Uh, that didn't happen. And I just, you know, I was like, yeah. Like you're not allowed to help help in terms of uh, you know like celestial help because they're they get super mad the the bad guys get super mad I, and again I think this is the thing too like um, like Matthew said earlier uh, I think that's part of the the process too we 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 forget these encounters of where maybe we get run out of these realms just to, again picking up on what people other people are saying including yourself fantastic stuff as you know we're out of time uh, from the music. Uh, amazing stuff as always uh if you haven't uh read robert monroe again it's free i'll, I'll, I'll drop you the uh, the link over on uh, rumble there thanks for being part of this thanks for sharing your stories mj and uh, your ideas and your astral travel you're the best brother thanks for thanks for being this being part of this and thanks for being my friend okay, thank you. thanks a lot have a great All night right, you're welcome thank you so much Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. That's that's MJ in Virginia. Been with us for quite a long time. Been a friend for for a good friend for quite a bit. What do you know about astral travel? What do you know about Robert Monroe? This out of body exploration. We'll be right back. More troubled minds on the way. Exploring the mysterious locale too. Don't go anywhere. Rockfin, Rumble, Twitter, and Twitch. We're broadcasting live on the Troubled Minds Radio Network. That's KUAP Digital Broadcasting. Tonight, we're taking your calls as we discuss the out-of-body experience. Now, look, I know there, there are a thousand or ten thousand or a million ways to look at this because there's a lot of people out there, and there's a lot of individuals that have spent a lot of time actually exploring this out-of-body, exploring the astral as it's known. And so we're sort of, again... May you live in interesting times because we're sort of channeling, dare I say, the preeminent astral traveler of the modern day. 
That's Robert Monroe. Again, uh, look at the Monroe Institute. Uh, he founded this uh, in 1971. He published this book that we're talking about tonight, Journeys Out of Body. Shout out to Mighty Rohan. He pointed me onto this. I've been reading it on and off for a couple weeks. And I've decided, you know what? Let's do this. Let's wonder if we can take the entire, just real quick. So, so regarding that, that book, if you, if I linked, I just dropped a link in the description or sorry, in the chat, if you guys want to check it out, it's pretty amazing stuff. And it, and it reads like a journal. It reads like a, you know, uh, for instance, actually, let me, let me just pull up a page here. Let me read a page of this thing. Let me just uh, go. I'm just going to randomly just smash, smash the buttons and move the things. All right. Now here's, here's, here's the business, right? So he's talking about uh, the, the, astral traveling he's talking about out of body experiences obes okay and so in particular this is how this thing reads i'm going to just pull this up right on the damn screen and we're going to just read this and okay here you go and this is how this is written this entire journeys out of uh, uh, yeah journeys out of the body robert monroe published 1971 and the reason why we're talking about this tonight is because like i said he's pretty much in modern times a preeminent uh, astral traveler i guess you could call it that but listen to this this is exactly how most of the book reads it's not all exactly just this because he he speculates he postulates he, he's wondering about what's happening with this but i'm going to read you just a little passage directly from the book link is link is not only in the description it's also in the uh, the chat right now if you guys want to check this out obviously check it out after the show don't check it out during the show that's bush league uh, but uh, you know here you go so it, it reads like this march 5th 1959 morning in a motel in winston winston salem i woke up early and went out to have breakfast at 7:30 then returned to my room about 8.30 and lay down. As I relaxed, the vibrations came, and then an impression of movement. Shortly thereafter, I stopped, and the first thing I saw was a boy walking along, tossing a baseball in the air and catching it. A quick shift, and I saw a man trying to put something into the backseat of a car, a large sedan. The thing was an awkward-looking device, that I interpreted to be a small car with wheels and electric motor. Uh, electric motor device that I interpreted to be a small car with wheels and electric motor. Sorry. Uh, the, the man twisted and turned the device and finally got, got it into the back seat of the car and slammed the door. Another quick shift. And again, he's, these quick shifts are sort of that astral projection, the astral shifting of, uh, so he's out of body now. Okay. You catching it? Another quick shift, and I was standing beside a table. There were people standing around the table, and the dishes covered it. One person was dealing what looked like large white playing cards around to the others at the table. I thought it strange to play cards at a table so covered with dishes, and wondered about the overlarge size and whiteness of the cards. Another quick shift, and I was over city streets, about 500 feet high, looking for home. Then I spotted the radio tower and remembered that the motel was close to the tower and almost instantly I was back in my body. I sat up and looked around. Everything seemed normal. Now you see, this is why this is so compelling because it's not just, you know, some guy uh, postulating, speculating and wondering, you know, uh, again, look, if I was doing this type of stuff and saying uh, this, for instance, without actually doing they call it the work, okay? Whatever that means, whatever that means to you. But if I was just making up stuff, 
based on like I read some Dungeons and Dragons books back in the day. It's just stories. But this dude, Robert Monroe, again, sorry to say dude, I don't mean to be disrespectful. Dr. Robert Monroe passed away in 1995, wrote this book in 1971, and it reads like this. And then so not only, so he's got important aftermath here, he's got, it is 219 pages of him literally chronicling out-of-body experiences and physically, intentionally trying to make these things happen and then telling us what this looks like. Like I said, it, it is absolutely fascinating to me because this is not just lore. This is a personal diary for years. And well, imagine somebody publishing or imagine this, imagine this. What if we published all of our dream diaries? What if we, every single morning, we diligently, for the first thing, for the very first thing, we woke up and the, the great eye of Sauron or, uh, you know, uh, the 1984 Orwellian eye demanded that for the first 30 minutes of our existence upon awakening, we journaled our dreams. And then imagine... If beyond that, we published them, it was a forced publication. And I, I'm not saying that this is a good thing by any, you know, forcing people to do things I don't like. Uh, but let's just say, just for a thought experiment, what kind of interesting information do you think could be derived from the entirety of our dream journals? And look, in this instance, this, this you know, not everybody astral travels like Robert Monroe. But everybody dreams. Fascinating to think about. Anyway, what do you know about this? We're talking about uh, not just this. Uh, links are going to be in the description if you want to read this. And like I said, it's free. It's been out for a long time. There's a, there's a lot of ways to get it for free. Uh, if you want to support the Monroe Institute, and I, and I do encourage this because, uh, look, I know you can get stuff free nowadays and whatnot, but, but by golly, uh, be real. Uh, there, there's a lot of work that goes into not just you know a show like Troubled Minds and all the time and energy spent into it to, to create this stuff, not just for myself, but all these amazing people that contribute and are part of this. But also, you know, the, the, the standing on the shoulders of giants, the Monroe Institute. Think about how much work and time and energy he put into his life's work. He poured into these ideas and the, these experiments and chronicled them for the rest of us to parse, to wonder about, to consider as possible. I think it's important. So if you can find it and... It, I don't know. I'll try and find some links to support the actual Monroe Institute and, uh, you know, kind of keep that legacy alive. But, but I don't know. Uh, shout out. I see you guys in the chat. Thanks for popping in. And uh, they're like, ah, Michael Strange on video. What the hell, man? I just listened to the podcast. Yeah. Shout out, guys. I see you there. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for popping in and saying hi. Uh, like I said, um, the, the, the strength of this show is, uh, like I said, the, the podcast feed is like 10 plus or 10 to 15 times the audience, the live audience. So there's, there's like a whole disparate. Um, you know, group of people that hear us on a daily basis. It's incredible. So thanks for popping in and saying hi. As usual, uh, I appreciate the support in every way, every which way. These conversations are important to me, even if I have no true answers. We're talking tonight about this mysterious locale, okay? Mysterious locale two, as described by Robert Monroe. 
the Monroe Institute, the links in the description. He chronicled his journeys like I just read, this out-of-body exploration. What do you know about this? And do you think there is sort of this astral place wherein realities commingle? And uh, I'd love to hear what you think. 702-957-1037. Click the Discord link at troubledminds.org, and we'll put you on the show just like this. Let's go to uh, Jennifer in Missouri, the official arcane observer of Troubled Minds. How are you doing tonight? Go right ahead. Hey. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that it's, it's really hard for people to talk about this sort of thing. For some people. A lot of people, it's not a big deal, and um, they can discuss it, but I think there's... There's almost a taboo about this topic because people are not sure exactly. It's so, the, the parallels of the two worlds are, when they, when they happen this way, it seems so, so uh, unified. It's hard to tell if it's uh, just a dream or if you're actually experiencing it. And who's the experiencer? Because a lot of times it seems like in this astral realm, the individual is almost sort of able to, uh, like, individuals are able to kind of shift um, into uh, seeming different than they are in this realm, even. So it's very confusing, I think. You know, at least in my mind, it feels that way, you know, from experiences I've had, because, but the most important thing, I think, is to point out the, the framework of what, why would there be OBEs, why is it substantiated? And it is substantiated, in my opinion, because, for example, if you die, the spirit goes out of you, right? Whatever was animating your body, it's it's left. Some people would say that they are just the body, and because the body is alive, that is why they are moving and animating this. But... There's a correlation between in all of the spiritual doctrines, no matter what school of thought, no matter what uh, cult belief, no matter what practice, that there is a separation occurring with the animation of the body and what, that the body itself is a separate being to itself and has a material existence to itself that is intelligent unto itself there is also a life force in it that is also intelligent to itself, and there may be even more than that. And that exists in every single cult, every single religion that anyone has ever heard of, for the most part, except even, um, I would say, that atheism even shapes a form of this type of spirituality because they believe that the life force in their body goes into the earth and gives life to something else. It gives it a substance. So there is a, the cosmologists believed that we were literally the dust of our ancestors. And that ties into the cannibalism belief system that those who you are made up literally of those who have come before. And that's just talking about the physical body itself, how it is made of the matter of all of your ancestors and all of life on earth, we are made from the ashes of it because everything just goes right back into itself over again. The physical matter does. That's reflected in reincarnation. It substantiates the same ideology. The idea though, for example, in Judaism, they discuss that when you wake up, upon waking, you wash your hands because they are unclean. Because while you were sleeping, your soul was not in your body the body was laying on the bed, 
and it it became unclean because it was not occupied by the soul insinuating that yes every night that you go to sleep you are going somewhere else and then the body still connected in some obviously in a, a direct correlation with that spirit that's occupying that body animals do it everything does it at least i mean the mammalians do i don't know much about how reptilians dream or how insects dream but just to say that that should be enough to at least allow the concept that perhaps a part that we are more than just this body and that this astral uh, experience and the OBEs are a true experience wherein the, the person is, this is the only life you have. I mean, from, from this perspective, you come into this life and you've been through all of the rigors of existing. And there is this part of you that's on the, uh, an observer and unaffected by this. It's what you call upon when you need inner strength. It's connected to some type of source that supplies this life. Into, and my, this is just my you know, thoughts on it, but like, that's where inner strength comes from to continue uh, on this journey at times, which can be very difficult for some individuals. And it's a long life, though it's got a great deal of brevity to it. But these experiences that occur for people, they do, there are other beings they encounter in that realm, and some people are not um, just dealing. I mean, the idea of a human soul, there's differentiation between human souls, animal souls, and that there are those things that have never taken up a body. I think there's a great deal to support that notion, that there are life forms. We know about uh, in virology and many different uh, schools of thought that they, they have a body, but it's invisible to the naked eye. They're literally on another dimension. But when they infest a body, a host, for example, they display themselves and express what they are once they've taken over the host. And that is an expression of the type of spirit that makes up that entity. Say with bubonic plague or something like that, you begin to see exactly what type of spirit is being dealt with. And I think that people are that they do and i believe that people do encounter many different beings throughout their lifetime either in sleep state or if they allow themselves to be conscious of the astral plane which is initially looks like playing with the imagination but eventually once that's indulged but you can separate that they are diff there's a there's a correlation between existence and reality and that there's this other realm that is also tying into this reality that is supporting the existence of it but it's complicated but i think that it's easy to understand because everything that we think about is reflected in the natural in the world around us you decide what you will do every day you decide that in the astral plane decide it when you think to yourself i will go down to the store i will go to work i will do this i will do that you decide that before you do it we think it's automatic but it's a choice 
that's occurring on the astral plane before it happens in the physical world. There's a confirmation going on there. And I think that in that same dimension where those ideas are occurring, there's this, we are not what we think we are. We're caught up in an egotistical world where we think um, what I look like is who I am. And how I display myself in the material world is what I am. And it is, but it's a, it's a manifestation of the inner world to the outer world. And you can't deny it because of the power, like the willpower. Like if an individual decides, I will go on a hunger strike. It will reflect in the natural world because the body has to answer to the subconscious. It has to. This subconscious realm is where this reality is taking place at the very basis of it all. In that realm, there are entities and beings that people pretend don't exist because they don't want to be influenced by them. In Taoism, it talks about, in Taoist magic, that should a presence become known, like you become aware that there is a being or you feel watch. People have talked about that with Alzheimer's. It's called um, phantom presence syndrome. Also, though, people talk about that that might be ancestors coming to visit the loved one who might be getting ready to pass away or to give them some type of congruence. But in that concept, they ignore it when they come into, because it's considered a, basically a stray because that realm is full of what they call hungry spirits. And this ties in... Which, which real quick is what uh, Robert Monroe was talking about, sort of that uh, once you try and pass beyond these barriers of like the ease of being in that space, there's this uh, wall, this ocean, this, and it's full of these negative energies of, of literally un, how would you say it? Uh, un, um, Settled. In, in, yeah, unset, very well said, uh, incomplete spirits. It, it, it's like they're, they, they never realized what it meant to consider empathy, to consider that they weren't the only individual in the world. You know, that type of movie star attitude. And, 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 they're, and they're low density energies. And so I, I literally had no idea. I've heard this, you know, many times from people calling and having these conversations. I never knew where it came from, but apparently there seems to be parallels, uh, not just with Robert Monroe and these out of bodies, but I mean, this goes back probably thousands of years. And, and, and this is why we have these parallels. And I think these mythologies, the monomyth of Joseph Campbell, I think because we're tuned into something and we don't realize that something may be real. I thought whatever that is and however you quantify that, that's the way I see it. But uh, do I have answers there? No, hell no. But uh, do I have questions? You better believe it. Uh, what else you got? Sorry to interrupt. No, yeah. I mean, um, there's a movie that came out, I think, in 2020 called Nine Days. And the premise of the story is that there's an individual who's kind of playing a type of a, like a, an, like a role where they decide what souls will come out of a limbo, basically, and get to inhabit a body and become a human life and exist in life. And it's a very tough choice all the time of which soul will be allowed to come in. It's called Nine Days. I haven't seen it. I just came across it this morning and was reading the thesis of it, and, or the summary of it. And I got to looking that up, and it's strange because there's a Judaic holiday right now going on. It covers nine days, nine days of sorrow. 
and interesting it follows right on the days of the canacular calendar with the dog days of summer during this time period in july to august this realm right here of mid mid july to early august both world wars have taken place and for those of jewish belief there have been a great many different turmoils too of being you know abolished from different countries and so on and so forth but basically this time period encapsulates a time of sorrow the idea of that movie talking about the nine days and saying that basically a nine-day trial for like a in this imaginary realm to see if the soul would be fit to exist on the earth in a way do these things take place are our souls somewhere else are there souls um that you know it comes into the separation of the body from the spirit is there a separation and if there is then this internal life of the soul is uh, basically like a a rider on horseback puppeting this body do they have a separate experience from the body and their information is being relayed through some type of intelligence into another realm where reality is continuously cycled over to reflect the input coming from the material world into the spiritual realm or whatever you want to call it this realm of invisible it, but you can see it in the mind's eye is it cycling through that the interpretations of it in some way and then being applied at, in a continual circuit to the present life people are experiencing is there something like that going on and are there entities that are our gatekeepers or psychopomps or the true reality of what the because we've become too identified it's easy to get lost you know shapeshifters like, talk about like, like we always talk about uh, like we always talk about just real quick uh, we're out of time if you want to say you're yeah. welcome to stay uh, but uh, that cosmic gatekeeper what does that even mean and suddenly it takes on a whole new let's say definition when we talk about this out of body experience you're the best Jenny. you can hang if you, you want you tell have me. a great night no, have a good night. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. You too. That's Jen in Missouri, a good friend of mine, good friend of the show. You know, you love her. Follow, follow, follow. Links in the description. Be right back. More Trouble Minds on the way. We got the mysterious locale, out of body exploration, and your calls. Don't go anywhere. More on the way. Welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange. We're streaming on YouTube, Rockfin, Rumble, Twitter, and Twitch. We are broadcasting live on the Troubled Minds Radio Network. That's KUAP Digital Broadcasting. Tonight, we're talking about the out-of-body experience. But not just like you think. As usual, there are generic ways to consider these things for normies. We're beyond normies at this point because we're super weird. And super weird to me is super good because, of course, well... It depends on how you look at the world, right? You can be like, oh, uh, by the way, everything they tell us is completely locked in and legit, and this is the only way to view the world. Yeah, fine, that's fine, that's fine. But it's also uh, a little bit not only boring in terms of, let's say, um, let's say, if, if this is all we got, that's one thing where you're like, yeah, whatevs. But then also, uh, it seems like uh, with all the information we've got, 
through the years, uh, through through the you know through mythology and through folklore and all, the, it feels like the past is speaking to us and telling us not to forget something. And I don't know what that something is, uh, which is why we're here all the all the time. I spend. I'm interested. I'm truly interested. This is not. This is not some concocted, uh, you know, uh, false falsehood. You you don't you don't you don't fake things for years when you're interested in the way the world works. It's I don't know. It, it draws me back every day, and I hope it does to you as well. And the, the point of all that is that who knows what's really going on? Are there cosmic forces at play? Are is some of this mythology stuff? And that, as I always say, my, one of my favorite theories: the primordial nature spirits type of stuff, Loki and whatnot. Is that real? And not just let's say Loki as a Norse god, real as a trickster archetype, real, but also possibly as maybe something that's been here forever, uh, giving us the, the, the giant mind screw. I don't know. And uh, I think it's worthy of discussion because as, as Jen said, speaking of Jen, real quick, uh, give Jennifer a follow. The Arcane Observer is her show. She's right here on Trouble Wines Radio Network with us, KUAP Digital Broadcasting. And you can find her show uh, right here. Just tune into, the, tune into the thing. Tune into the thing. You can find it. Just search it, KUAP-DB. You'll find, you'll find it. Also give her a follow, Arcane, The Arcane Observer. Search it or at troubleminds.org forward slash friends. But Jen said a long time ago, and it resonates. It sticks uh, with me because she's like, it, animals seem to have have it have it unlocked. They know how to be animals, but people are always confused, and people are always confused. Uh, like, is this right? Is that wrong? Is it? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? Uh, always second guessing ourselves. Do, do you think our Do you think our pets actually second guess themselves? I mean, even if they're you know, dare I say, bad Luna, bad Luna. Sit, Luna, sit. And she doesn't, you think she's second guessing that? No, hell no. <laughs> she's like, she's like, I'm just being a dog. I'm a rambunctious little dog. I'm a puppy. I got tons of energy and that's just the way it is. Okay. But uh, are, are people able to uh, sort of encapsulate that in without doubt? I don't know. I mean, like, like I said, it's uh, consciousness is a weird thing and, and, and quantifying what all that means and how we all sort of fit together in this wide, weird world we live in is um, it's odd. It's an odd thing. And uh, I think it's worthy of discussion. That's why we do this. That's why we talk about this. And that's why we go weird, because if we if we went political, we'd just be like every other a-hole in the universe uh, battling for for binary talking points and you get it there are no binary talking points here non-linear open-ended where do you want to take this uh give jen a follow give give all the friends of trouble minds a follow links in the description troubleminds.org forward slash friends what do you know about this out-of-body stuff and from what we've learned tonight regarding again uh, um the premise is robert monroe he wrote a book he published in 1971 called a journey's out of body and he described this space called locale two and it seems to be an intermediary space of mm, let's say i don't know there's there's a lot of ways to look at it and uh, we've talked about it all night so i'm not going to rehash all the things but you get it you understand that if we are sort of lifted out of our meat suit as a an energy being what realm do we reside in and uh he called it the mysterious locale too and there's a mysterious locale three by the way also which is absolutely wild links are going to be in the description read read up on this stuff if you're interested like i said if you got the time 
buy the book, support the individuals that have done this. And a quick shout out to the Robert over on Rockfin. Thank you for the generous tip over there. Uh, as usual, uh, uh, the Robert bringing it and uh, not not just enjoying the conversation, contributing with uh, fire takes and of course uh, contributing with some greenbacks. I appreciate that. Thanks, thanks for uh, for really being locked into these conversations and, and enjoying and appreciating and uh, sending a few bucks. It, it, it does, like I'm telling you, all that stuff, it all makes a difference. Thank you so much for that. Let's do it. Let's go to the thing. Let's go to uh, Matt in California. We're talking out-of-body experiences, and we're talking Robert Monroe all the way back to, what, 1971. But, of course, he was. that's when this book was published. What does this mean now? We're 1971 is a long-ass time ago. Do you think this is still relevant? Does it still play? What does all this mean? Where is Locale 2? Matt in California, you're on Troubled Minds. How are you? Go ahead, sir. Hey, Mike. How's it going? I'm doing good, man. I'm having a good time tonight. Yeah. Uh, it seems like I was just bragging to the fan there in the house that uh, these these conversations are uh, they flow and they're easy and they're amazing. And uh, I'm uh, I'm having a blast. Uh, what's your take? Go ahead, sir. Yeah. Well, I had I was gonna start with that. Uh, great callers all night. Um, but how I learned about Mr. Monroe, the doctor, a long time ago, was from a book called Suddenly Psychic by Maureen Cardwell. I think I'm saying her name wrong, uh, but I'll post uh, the information. And this book, I read a long time ago. Uh, this book is about, it chronicles this woman who had a pretty much normal life. She grew up, had nothing crazy happen to her, and she was a skeptic, and she did everything by science, by what she could see here, you know, see and hear. And she didn't really believe in all this like spiritual or anything weird like that. She was show me the facts, show me the science, yeah, prove it to me. And so the book's really interesting because it starts out the book is actually about a skeptic coming into this world of learning how to astral travel. And so at first, something happens. I'm not going to spoil it. Something happens. All of a sudden, she realizes she could astral travel. And at first, she thinks she's going crazy, right? She's, she thinks she's going just nuts because she can't explain it scientifically. And so over the time, uh, she finds about, Dr. M about the Monroe Institute. And she goes to the Monroe Institute and starts to learn how to develop and use her astral projection powers. And she starts, she starts to like map it out and she does what, um, we talk about people trying to map out the DMT realm and she did that. She, she started to map this out and she goes, you know, locale one, two, seven, eight, nine, ten. She goes through like, there's like pages and pages, like hundreds of these realms of the mind dimensions that you could, your body can astral travel to and there's like the animal kingdom the plant kingdom everything that you know all these different layers there's like layers and levels of it and one of the cool stories in that book that i liked was because she was a, a skeptic at first and she didn't really believe it she thought she was going crazy but the story of how it got to be in in uh at the monroe institute is at the monroe institute and i I believe it's Virginia. I could be wrong. I think it's over on the East Coast. 
Uh, it's an institute. It's basically it's Hogwarts. It's a school for magic. It's a school for astral tra- travel. <laughs> well said. Well said. I mean, I'm, not, I'm, making, I'm making a joke. <laughs> I'm making it as a joke. I'm joking, but it is a school for teaching this stuff. And so you can go there, and everyone's sitting around. Every, there's places to meditate. There's like gardens and and places to um, to learn this stuff. And in the basement, they have a whole bunch of random number generators. And a random number generator, you know, it's just print, it's just printing out papers with just random numbers on it. But they found out that when sorry, there's fireworks going off. Um, well, they found out that when the people meditated together or they did like a class and they taught and a whole bunch of people were meditating together. The random number generators in the basement went crazy and they started just printing out like two, 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 three, 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 three. But that's not supposed to happen from a random number generator. So there's actual evidence of when people are doing this stuff, this meditating and this astral projection, it is affecting some something because that that's just a crazy story to me about the random number generators. Anything on that? Yeah, that's wild stuff. Uh, what it makes me wonder about what's like what who's trying to contact us. So think about this. Like let's let's uh, invert invert this entire thing, and we're like, okay, so we're 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 the meat suit experience uh, talking to each other, and you could say uh, you know uh, just just for just for sake of conversation, let's say we are the experience uh, the universe experiencing itself through the meat suit. Fine. What if it's the opposite? And, and instead of, and again, inverting the, the thought of, okay, let's, let's go out of the meat suit and let's try and find something else somewhere else or find entities somewhere else or whatnot. What if it's literally inverse in terms of uh, maybe the entities are trying to enter the meat suit? And uh, we've talked about walk-ins and these other things. And maybe this is the eternal battle of like the sort of, uh, you know, like, you're like, hey, we're, you know, we go to work, we pay the bills, we do the things, you know. Hey, we're lucky, Matt, because instead we, uh, we spend uh, quite a bit of time talking about amazing things. But uh, for, for, for much of the normie world, it's, it's very, you know, pay the taxes, pay the bills, do the things, right? But then, so imagine if it's the opposite in, in sort of the, 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 the out-of-body realm, maybe they're bored and they want to come be people too, man. <laughs> what about that? <laughs> yeah, that's, um, th- that's kind of scary because that's a whole um, Insidious. The movie Insidious is about, uh, is about the people, the, the things that don't have physical bodies want physical bodies. And if you're astral projecting at night in your dreams, then your shell, your body is just a shell, just sitting there waiting for the entities to get you. It's pretty scary. That's pretty scary. I, I do love the Hogwarts reference and how, how maybe some of this fits. Uh, so uh, I, I did look it up while you were talking there. The, the actual uh, uh, Monroe Institute is in, in Virginia. So, yeah, you're completely right. Faber, Virginia, 22938. Uh, uh, link's going to be in the description if you guys want to check it out. Like I said, don't don't be psychopaths and go stalk these fine folks. Uh, send them an email. There's a, there's a form there. <laughs> it's, it's a thing there to contact them. Anyway, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I, I do recommend that book after you're done with the Monroe book. Um, but the way that I believe, and this is just my way of thinking, of how we were talking about string theory and different dimensions 
and how it's all we're just kind of like however you want to explain string theory but if you think about it like that if there's multiple dimensions and we're on one and there's higher dimensions and there's lower dimensions that i mean this could explain everything it could explain aliens ghosts um anything right demons angels right there a demon is a lower vibration and an angel is a higher vibration on a different plane and i think of it like you know there's levels of a, a building like you know a building goes up and down levels and in the ocean there's levels to the ocean right there's in each different part of the ocean there's different temperatures different pressure different monster i don't say monsters different aquatic life right and as you go down the life at the bottom of the ocean gets crazier and crazier it's kind of like that and how when you're in the ocean there you cannot tell that one layer from the next like there's no like a wall if you if you feel me like it's kind of like that it's like swimming from one part of the ocean down to another part of the ocean a lower part you're gonna you're going to experience different things different life there and if that's the case for all of it there's another book called the celestine prophecies i talk about a lot by james Redfield. and in that they talk about the different vibrational frequencies of going up and down and they're trying you know they're ascending right they're eating healthy drinking only the good water and by um like following their synchronicities and being positive so they're vibrating higher and higher and they're going up levels up to heaven but they also see people like when people die and their soul leave their body they go to like this place of like heaven they see their um their soul group and they see their life flash before their eyes their um like their how you say it like a, a memory of everything uh life review and sometimes some people can get stuck in this loop and we call that what do we call that purgatory so like yeah. maybe purgatory is one of these levels and there's parts where there's people that are the same thing is happening to them over and over again like it's a crime or a murder and the, the same thing's happening over and over and over again repeating on a loop and it's purgatory you know that's hell Maybe that's yeah. what hell is. Yeah, that's a uh, locale too. Is, you know, it's wild about that. Uh, imagine, you know, the the term brackish means uh, when when two uh, bodies of water come together and one is salt water, one is fresh water, and they they sort of commingle. There's like it's called brackish, and uh, the brack. But the the thing is, and what why I'm saying this is maybe this is what locale two is. Maybe there there is sort of that lower density just sort of chaotic space that you have to pass through and it, which has been actually described in this book, by the way, uh, again, Robert Monroe journeys out of body, uh, go read it. Like I said, it's, it's, it's good. It's very anecdotal of course, but it's also like comprehensive, comprehensive anecdotal. Does that work? Uh, it does in this case because he's, he's doing this, but he's describing just like you're saying, may, maybe this is sort of that uh, the brackish of the astral, where maybe maybe the pure 
uh, sort of commingles with a lower density entity or purgatory or uh, as you're describing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it seems like all this tracks anyway, at least conceptually. And that's good enough for me. Of course, as, as you know, you've been with me for many, you've been a, a good friend for quite a, quite a while now and uh, listening to these conversations and contributing, but uh, your thought there, is this uh, the brackish ether? You think that's a thing? Yeah, I like, I like that. That's a shirt. Uh, yeah, just how, there is different. There could be different levels, and I'm, I was using the water analogy. The brackish analogy is is great because it, it does. You can see the edge, right? You can see the wall, the veil. Uh, if you can, if you think about it like that. But yeah, I was using that water analogy to kind of say there's different layers, different levels. We just might not be able to see the the edge. But I think a lot of it has to do with our mindset and how we we see it because. Even if when we die, if we die with a negative like mindset or a negative, we can get stuck in that purgatory, and that's what we call hell. So let's you know let's we can break free of that. We don't want to do the same thing over and over again. That's hell. We want to break free and realize, okay, we're stuck in a loop. Let's vibrate higher. Let's think positively and try to break out of that, that purgatory, that spell and see that there's level, there's, if there's layers below us, then there has to be layers above us. And that's the higher vibrational planes. And that's the positive, right? Going up. And that's why I say like demons are on the lower plane. Angels are on the higher plane. Think of it like that. Heaven is not really above us and hell is not really below us in the middle of the earth. We're just using that higher and low up and down to describe the levels of the vibrational planes going up and down like an elevator. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It, it seems it, like I said, it seems to track. And uh, I think, I think, uh, yeah, super, um, uh, how would you say that, you know, in binary terms, you know, good and bad in this type of stuff. I, 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 th- I think it's like a good basis for, you know, uh, conversation and thought, but, uh, but the world is quite a bit more gray than that, and uh, and I and I mean that in the best way because uh, if you're able to say this is good and this is bad emphatically, uh, for as as you said, and again uh, the wisdom, like the the wisdom we share with each other, Matt 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 here in California, Matt Sal said to me a long time ago when we were talking about one of these conversations that somebody's utopia is going to be somebody else's dystopia because you cannot by by decree uh, demand everybody is happy forever it's not going to work because everybody's different and that's really why these binary conversations and why i think it's it's a little bit more cosmic than that i think it plays i think it definitely plays uh, wisdom they sharing wisdom and doing the thing uh, by the way uh, can we announce the thing matt are you about to be on the thing are we going to wait for another episode or two how are we doing this you tell me brother Oh, you you do it. You're better. Okay. All right. So, uh, so as you know, look, uh, troubled minds, we've been making lots of friends over the years and uh, that's really what this is all about to just meeting people, talking, uh, talking ideas and concepts and all the things and, uh, and trying to inspire each other in the best ways we can. Okay. And look, look, like I said, uh, many things you guys say resonate with me a lot. And uh, I just brought one up that Matt said months ago that, that sticks with me. I, I can't shake it. I can't shake the idea that it's, tr- it's, it's, it's the, the truth of the binary aspect of things. If everything is perfect for one group of people, and look, 
and I'm not trying to identity politic anything. I'm just saying people think differently, okay? A different group of thought, uh, their utopia is going to be somebody else's dystopia. Wisdom from Matt. Now, here's the thing. Inspiring each other and talking about these ideas and uh, Matt being, again, different from me in the best way. Different is good. I I can't stress enough that, you know, different is, is to be celebrated, uh, you say that and you're like, oh, you're an asshole, Mike. It, no, I'm not. I'm, I mean it. Like we can teach each other things from different walks of life and looking at things differently. Matt here in California has a fantastic book collection, an occult book collection, by the way. He's been into this stuff for quite a long time and uh, found us uh, serendipitously because because I think maybe these things need to happen. And by the way, he was um, well. He's 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 been uh, now and welcomed as part of the Troubled Minds Radio Network. He's got a show called uh, Temple of the Owl, and it's uh, it's debuting this week, basically as soon as as soon as I get that MP3 file. And this is this is the thing. Look, at, search it. The Temple of the Owl podcast, you'll find it. There's already an episode up there. And this is the point. Let's get together. Let's inspire each other. Let's talk about things. And let's let's consider what we don't know. It's, it, all of this is incredibly important to me because the ideas that we're told through the technocratic uh, the dominion of uh, the binary conversation is nonsense to me. There are more truths to this world than just two things than the left and right, the blue and red or whatever nonsense they want us to believe. But, uh, Matt, uh, welcome to the, welcome to the club. Welcome to the fam. You've been, you've been part of it for a long time, but, uh, congratulations on the, uh, uh, like, and this, this happened incredibly fast, by the way, by the way. So, you know, Matt last to, let's say 10 days ago, Matt was like, Hey, uh, I got an idea for a show. I was like, yeah, cool, man. You're into, for sure. I'm, I'm super into that. He's like, okay, here's the name temple of the owl. I was like, sweet. I love it. And he's like, uh, okay, so uh, any feedback there? I'm like, yeah, do it. Do, I mean, do you, right? Like, be you, do you. Now, here's the thing. Within a week, he had a trailer put up. He had uh, his first episode, and shout out to Mighty Rohan for collaborating there with, with getting some intro music and whatnot. This is my point, guys. I'm not the only one that has something to say. If you're here listening to us, you also have something to say. And all of that long-winded rambling... All I'm trying to say to you is, please go follow Matzel, the Temple of the Owl, and uh, what are we calling you? the the official uh, the official what of troubled minds? You tell me. <laughs> You've been official forever, but uh, you you picked the name anyway. Anyway, uh, just just wanted to uh, congratulate you, and then also uh, let everybody know that this is a thing and it's gonna it's happening. This is happening. Uh, go go right ahead. What you got? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for the kind words. And, and thank you, Mike, for inspiring me to do it. And uh, yeah, just want to talk about stuff, just like just talking about this stuff, um, crazy things. Um, I plan on doing like an episode a week and have a YouTube coming out and all that. So um, like I said, let's collaborate together instead of um, fighting against each other. Let's let's just build this up together and, and talk about this stuff. So I want to thank you guys very much for that, for helping me. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and you, you're still part of this. this the, the, just because you got the thing now doesn't mean you're not a part. It means you're, you're still a part. And so if you need help, you know where to find us. Uh, again, shout out to the Mighty Rohan for getting a get music track for Matt. Matt, for uh, literally from conception to show, as far as I'm aware, it was like a week. <laughs> dear god like it doesn't it doesn't happen faster than that there you go if that's not inspiring enough for you i don't know what is matt you're the best we got about another uh 45 seconds if you got anything to add 
I just, uh, yeah, go read Dr. Monroe's books. I'm going to go read that one you're talking about. Uh, there's lots of books out there that talk about the, the astral realm. And let's just be open-minded to it. Uh, not saying that it's 100% real, but if you close your mind to it, you won't uh, learn anything. So let's just be open-minded to it and think about it and see if it, if it is real, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, thanks, Mike, for the show. Good show tonight. Thanks for the call. And thank thanks, you for thanks. Uh, the shout-out. Thanks for the Temple of the Owl. <laughs> keep keep yeah, doing the thing. I see you, Robert. Don't go anywhere. We're going to get to you. We'll, we'll go some bonus, bonus time to get Robert back. Please give Matt a follow. Search it. Temple of the Owl. You'll find Matt's Owl in California. He's going to be on the Trouble Minds Radio Network with us. Like I said, hey, look, we got literally 24 hours of radio clock. Do you understand what that means? Even though Trouble Minds goes three hours on the radio, think about that. We have 24 hours, seven days a week of radio clock. Have you ever considered creating a podcast creating a radio show trouble minds radio at gmail send me a thing uh, hit me on discord you're the best matt thanks very much give matt's owl a follow tempo of the owl we're done thanks for hanging out uh, hang tight robert we're gonna get to you in just a sec mark trouble minds yours have a great night All right, just uh, getting off the radio here. Like I said, uh, and, and this is the thing. It's it's an important concept. Is the old, uh, you know, like I, I, I've been part of radio networks in the past that didn't give a shit about the rules. Uh, now that we're off, you know, off the actual radio radio, and it's like, you know, become a thing and the thing. Uh, now I can now I can curse and stuff and right like it's it's about being uh, conscientious and a professional in those terms and and knowing what you can do what you can't do, but also eventually very soon there's going to be a, a show that happens right after Troubled Minds. It's going to have a time slot that locks in and I don't want to go past that uh, to um, yeah to be to just be an asshole because I can right because oh Mike's the boss or whatever like no stop like. There's there's a lot of hard work going in, blood, sweat, and tears to whatever comes after troubled minds. And so I just want to get off the radio and be, do things the right way. There's a, there's no substitute for doing things the right way. Here we go, seven zero two nine five seven one zero three seven. We got the Robert. We're talking about uh, this out of body business. We're talking about Robert Monroe. We're talking about locale two. By the way, locale three is also a thing, which is absolutely wild. And you'll you'll lose your mind. Maybe we'll do a whole show on it. You'll lose your mind to realize, go, go search it yourself, Locale 3, Robert Monroe, that search term will probably get what you need, but it, it's, it's basically like a steampunk existence. <laughs> Not even kidding. Uh, let's do it. Let's go to the Robert in Pennsylvania. Thanks for being patient. Thanks for calling back. You're the best brother. What, what's on your mind? Go right ahead. Um, I just want to say I, I posted on uh, the Rockman chat, in the Rockman chat, uh, links to those two books that Matt was talking about. Uh, for anybody that wants to follow up. Also, I got just two point quick points and then I'm out of here. Um, remote viewers, they are actually astral travelers. They're projecting their conscious uh, to view something um, that they're instructed to view. And they do that by projecting their conscious, which is astral projection. Um, would you agree to that? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to call that brackish in terms of, uh, you know, sort of 
Like, I, I don't know where that line uh, is drawn. So I'm going to go with you and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's call it uh, ish the same thing at this point, because it's too late to to defer or, or think. But I think I think the individuals and the, the only reason I say that is because I think there are individuals that would disagree in those terms and define them differently. But I'm not an expert, so I'm I'm going to I'm going to we'll just go with this. And you are the expert right now. Go ahead, sir. Okay, my last uh, uh, point uh, is to help, is to advise people on how to di- if they if they have an out of body experience, how to di- differentiate between whether they're having a out of body experience or an NDE. If you're having if you can if you're uh, uh, having an out of body experience and you're looking down at your body your meat suit, you're going to probably feel empathy for that, right? Uh, You'll be kind of mystified by that. Um, you know, you have all kinds of emotional reactions to seeing your own body. But if you're having an NDE, you you can be floating above your body and, become, and you'll be completely detached from it like it matters nothing. It has nothing. You're not tied to it, and yet it means nothing to you. That's the difference. Gotcha. That that tracks and makes sense to me. It, but it's also back to the brackish thing. I, I know you heard that. You you see what I'm saying? Maybe there's sort of the the connection with, and let's make this quantum foam now. Maybe there's brackish quantum foam happening in the astral world, meaning that some of it's pure, some of it's salt water. And salt water, let's just say, for instance, whether you want to label good or bad, uh, the salt water uh, makes you float. And so let's say the 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 the, the, the non salt water the, the pure water is not I don't know like define it however you want but my point is in bringing that up is that maybe maybe exactly like you're describing in sort of those water terms is how this really comes together ideologically or again um, uh, philosophically is probably better said. I I I'm not following you. Uh, just meaning, just meaning that. Uh, so, so in terms of, uh, so let's say a an out of body experience is a you traverse into the sea itself, the ocean, the salt water, and let's say a a a, a near death experience is closer to the pure water, the source water, and I think that probably makes a little more sense saying source water. You see yeah, what I mean? What, what, but, what you're talking about there. Um, I, you know, there's been hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people who've had experience of NDAs, right? And virtually 99% of them are pleasurable, and they want to stay there. I mean, they feel this enormous love and all that sort of stuff, and everything is just nice. And then there's an occasional, I've read occasional accounts of, of people, of, of, of individuals who thought they were having an NDE, but their experience was one of horror, where they wound up like being in hell, and 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 terrified, and and and, and suffering, and and calling out to God uh, to forgive them and take and, and and rescue them. And then in these reports, suddenly this angel appears or something and pulls them out of there. What their there's what hell only can exist as a, me, a mental construct in that lowest astral plane. The one I talked about earlier, all right. Uh, if you and, and it's only if you have some kind of belief that hell actually exists, 
like Matt said, I think it was Matt said earlier. Uh, if you believe, you know, you can materialize something or visualize something that you believe in. Uh, like he said, you can you could be in the afterlife and and living in a house that you're comfortable with, but it's just the same as it was when when you were uh, alive, all right? Because you materialize it, you visualize it. It's, it's the life that you want to materialize in it because you can. Um, I don't want to go into that a lot because I just wanted to be quick on this call. But I just wanted to, if anybody out there has, exper- has experienced or, or in the future experiences uh, an out-of-the-body type of experience, I just wanted to, uh, to get that across that if you see your body in, while you're having that experience and you, ha- you, you, know, you feel compassion for it, empathy for it, even uh, just uh, drawn to it, um, mystified by it, that means you're having an astral, an out-of-the-body experience, right? But if you look down your body and you don't think anything of it, it doesn't. it's totally meaningless to you, you have no attachment to it, you don't feel any attachment to it, um, then you're having an NDE. Because that's what happens when we pass on. Or, or we have an NDE, uh, we may experience seeing our own body, right? And it's completely like nothing to us. We just don't care, period. I, I, that, that's kind of frightening to me, that you could live your whole life for decades and and then it's time to cross over or, or, or at least make a trip, a, a visit to the crossover, and, and, and your meat suit is completely... You're completely indifferent to it. I mean, that's what carried you for decades, and and, and you don't care. Yeah. I mean, that's profound. I, well, I, I think that's part of that, okay, that well, con- consciousness perspective, uh, the brackish bit, uh, which is a, a, probably an analogy we'll, we'll come back to another time. But yeah, yeah, fire stuff as always, my man. I thank you again for the for the tip on Rockfin. I thank you so much for always being a a close friend, supporting this the show, was a, being, this was, being this interested. Was, this was a very good topic. This was a very good topic tonight. It's one of my favorites. All right, and I hope that you will do this again sometime. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so, and I and, and I hope that and I hope that I'm sure there's probably a few listeners um, out there on different platforms who probably experienced something like this, and I would maybe the next time they'll call in. Amen. As you know, the Big Ten conspiracy. You guys are all welcome. Thank you, Robert, for uh, for being part of this. Thanks for being a close friend for a long time, and uh, thanks for the fire takes. You're the best, brother. Have a great night. Okay. Good night, sir. Thank you. You too. That's uh, that's the Robert. Links in the description. Go buy his book, uh, the, the Stories from a Fractured Mind, the the the, uh, the Robert collection. This is what I'm saying. Like he doesn't call. Like he get he even gets mad at me when I plug his book because he's like, that's not why I'm calling this show. I'm calling because I enjoy the conversations and I, you know, I, I want to help support. And but hey, it's reciprocal as usual, right? Like, re- 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 reciprocal things are good. And if somebody supports you, why 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 would you be like, no, nah, I'm not going to support you back? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Stories from a Fractured Mind, the Robert Collection. Links in the description. Troubleminds.org forward slash friends. It says Robert's book. Go do the thing. Uh, like I said, he, he literally has scolded me before. Like, Mike, stop doing that. That's not why I call this show. Uh, but it's still, 
but still he's, he's a, he's a good friend and he's a good writer and he's a good thinker and he's a good man and uh, do the thing. All right. So l- listen to this. Like I said, uh, the, the link is in the description archive.org. It's the uh, journeys out of body by Robert Monroe. If you haven't read this, it's a uh, 219 pages of journaling of journaling out of body experiences. There's a spot here, intelligent animals. Let me read this little, little clip real quick before he does like his journal in 418. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, April 18th, 1960. All right. April 18th, 1960. I'm not going to read it, but before that it's, it's a uh, part 10. He calls it intelligent an- animals. Again, stories, uh, Robert Monroe, read this, check this out. Throughout man's history, the reports have been consistent. There are demons, spirits, goblins, gremlins, and assorted some human, subhuman entities always hanging around humanity to make life miserable. Are these myths? Hallucinations? For once, he posits, suppose we don't dismiss the topic before we take a good long look. Perhaps all such things do originate in the imagination. The question is, from what source does the imagination conjure up these beings? The following excerpts from the notes offer several possibilities. This is, again, April 18th, 1960. Read the book, buy the book, go support the, the Monroe Institute. And uh, like I said, I'm not, I'm not here trying to uh, shill for anybody. I, I'm, I'm literally saying ideas are good and people talking to each other are good and us not forgetting what came before us and these terms are good. Uh, we got uh, two more, and we're done. So we'll go to Big Y, then we'll go to Matthew to, to add some additional context, and then we're out of here. Uh, let's go to uh, Big Y in Hawaii. What's up, my man? You're on Troubled Minds. How are you? Go right ahead. Hey, brother. How you been, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Doing hey, hey, uh, just just slaying the slaying the uh, the astral dragon every day. <laughs> it's my lot in life now, and I love it. Hey, brother, that's what you got to do, man. You got to move up that sky rope and uh, conquer the, the what, what's the dude's name from uh, fucking Beowulf? The guy and then his mom. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, the whole alchemetic story of, of, the, of, you know, just going in and slaying that beast. Because it's funny. Isn't it funny how, how the, the female is, is Phoenix? If you think about it, yeah, it's been depicted as the dragon or the one that was fooled by the snake. A phoenix would never be fooled by a snake. A phoenix can fly. It has the above. It has the the blip view of the field. Or, or something. Interesting. <laughs> back back to my back or to my something. bizarre back to my bizarre brackish uh, trying to describe things that don't make any sense. Uh, but uh, and I'm picking on me, not picking on you. But I, I mean, yeah, that's the thing, right? So so. The snake and the phoenix are different, and they soar and one slithers. Is that is that a metaphor for the, uh, the where we're at and where we're I don't going? Know, I don't you know tell if me. it is. I don't know if it is because I think like what about the cosmic serpent? What about the DNA that flies in on on meteors that come down to Earth, or, or the or the water that that crashes between planets when they collide? You know what I mean? Like water is divine, and so like. When you truly put it all together, the web that, that the morning dew drips from when the sun comes up, that's what we are. 
is those nexus points that, that drip to another spot on planet Earth and create a new web. Uh, obviously, spiders create webs and water doesn't, but, but water can be in ev- everything and anything. You have these four elements that Pluto, I'm sorry, not Pluto, um, Plato gave to the platonic solids. It all starts with fire. Um, and ironically enough, that fire is the cosmic fire that gives life to everything. That's the light of all the solar disks in the sky. And I think when you think of the dark matter, that's the primordial water that everything is born from. You have to have that, that glue. You know, there's always that person in a group is the glue of the group. And, and nobody really appreciated it. Everyone took it for granted until the glue, until that person left somehow. Maybe, uh, maybe your pack was hit with water or, or another type of liquid substance. And, and all the glue was <sighs> washed away. You know what I mean? Rain, change, these elements have those powers. And the thing is, is we sit here and, and, and talk about four elements when there's a fifth ether. And that's, I think, what people are writing when they, when they uh, get these out-of-body experiences. They're connecting to a channel that is, is uh, on the, the perspective the spectrum of perception, but not in a normal state of consciousness. It, it's a consciousness gained when you, you're in a per, uh, paralyzed state when you wake up. It's a consciousness that you, you know, those certain brain waves that you meet when you're in between dreams and you're lucidly controlling the reality that comes to you, the deja vu you feel the next day or a week later. I think people are way more in control of their out-of-body experiences than they realize. Yeah, well, that's that's one of the takes. Like I said, uh, if you were listening earlier, I said, what if we were mandated to dream journal every day? Even if, like, the, for those of us that mostly don't, don't uh, uh, you know, really remember our dreams, but if the first thing we you, do, you were, yeah, because we don't, yeah. Yeah, so what if Sorry. the first thing you were mandated to do was to, 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 for the first 15 or 30 minutes when you wake up, you were not allowed to do anything else but dream journal and then submit it to the uh, the Eye of Sauron. And because, because of course, the Eye of Sauron, or, you know, like I was saying earlier, uh, the, the Orwellian uh, full control spectrum is actually trying to peek into that other realm and and through us through through the uh, through the dream realm or through these out of body experiences and again like uh, like the robert said like how, like how does it fit how does it how does it fit the uh, the uh, the 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 astral traveler remote viewing or the dreamer is it all the same thing or is it completely different and that becomes complicated doesn't it 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 does because you know you have this ideology that people may might have done this for a purpose of death, especially lucid dreaming. You get the idea that a lot of people believe their brain stays alive much longer after their body is passed. Um, and they wonder if they can live an entire life, um, beyond the life they've just lived. You know, and it, it brings you into this idea of inception. What if we're, just if well, I mean, for how how low how low have we gone? Maybe we're in a, the fifth rendition of a reality that we're reliving in a sense where our body is five levels up dead already. 
and we're fucking years deep. Yeah, it could be. Um, and I think the thing, and it's scary. It's a scary thought. And I think what what Matt from California was talking about, Matt Sal, when he talked about purgatory and hell. I mean, Midgard. It, we we have this tree. We have the Yggdrasil. We have these plants that that chose to live a life stagnant that they can't, they have to experience everything through the network they build with one another. And if we were to just put our hand on one of them and say, tell me what, you know, please with all the love in the world, you know, what, what, what would we learn DNA, you know, with data, they can, they can store data in our DNA. In, in their in DNA period. And the thing that makes you wonder what if that's what's already going on? You know what do we have room? Do we have room really in our DNA to to, to store more? Most hell likely, yeah. but still hell yeah. there's hell so yeah. much hey, we hey, have hey, on Hell yeah, bro. Epigenetics. Like they 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 say that the the perfect form of storage again, you know, perfect in ish terms is is the DNA sequence. Yeah. And yeah, you're damn right we got room, man. We got room for it all. <laughs> Bring it. We do. I think we do. I think we do. You're absolutely right, Mike. And I think the thing is is like we may uh, you know, I'm I I listen to a lot of different fucks, man. I I listen, pardon me for I don't know if we're late enough yet to curse, but I listen yeah, we're to late a enough. lot of people. Let it rip, buddy. Cool. I listen to a I I fucking watch Fred Silva I'm sitting here listening to George Norrie most nights. Uh, you know, what's her name? Regina Meredith. I listen to Tim from Gaia, who talks to on Cosmic Disclosure. Fucking, what's his nuts? Billy Carson. Um, all these cats who have their own networks. Uh, what's the other lady who's a big-time UFO lady? Yeah, she wears glasses. I can't remember her name, but she's been researching for a long time. Linda and now. even the guys that are within the government, too. Pardon? Linda Moldenhow. Yes, yes. And, and uh, you know, man, there's some striking evidence that, that we have been propagated by beings from other dimensions, places, realms, planets. And, and the thing is, is like, it wasn't until halfway through the time they were already here that they started manipulating us in a sense, our ancestors and to try to build the perfect, what they thought race. And so now we're surprised that we have these abilities. And and so like for me, dude, when you really listen to these people who know more than we do, at least they proclaim. And, and, you know, when it comes to reading texts, I still have a lot to learn, but I think that, that when you really get into the meat and potatoes of this stuff, man, we have abilities that we've been gifted with. And, and I think there's not much difference between astral projecting and dreaming as well as walking through sacred different planes. And, and, and maybe, um, what's the other, uh, uh, remote viewing channeling, whatever you got to do. I think that's, you know, you're still projecting your body or your mind to a different place to, to see something. And I don't think there's a really a difference between a lot of this. I think it's, People, if you were to be in a pod race or a NASCAR race, you have different makes and models. You may like Dodge. Old boy may like Chevy. Old dude may like the new Toyotas they brought on. <laughs> but they're all stock cars. 
You feel me? Yeah, They're yeah. all stock cars. Yeah, I copy. Yep. So, so at the end of the day, I think we just all have different mechanisms. Which, 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 by the way, is is like I always say, should be celebrated. That's like that's the point. Like uh, we live in a society where it's trying to homogenize all the thought into that binary, you know, this way or that way. It's like, hold on now. Like you got to understand, there's a lot of us that that don't buy into any of that nonsense. And not only that, right. not only that, the, there are, there are amazing ideas that you you guys, are, you knuckleheads in in your binary thought process are not even considering. I mean, it's, it's truly the yeah. upside down. It's truly living in the upside down. It, we're, we're, yeah, go ahead, sir. No, you're absolutely right, bro. You're absolutely right. And I don't think anybody could say it better. I I found a cord and a microphone in my house today, and I'm going to put some shit together. Uh, I have the whole a lot of story um, built up that I wanted to put out last month on the, on part of the discord channel I was building, but it's just my, my uh, kids threw my phone in the toilet. So that's actually why I haven't been, uh, as prevalent listening to the shows. It but, happens, uh, man. It happens, man. Like you, 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 have, you owe right. zero, you, you owe zero apologies. You, you got a life too. You got, you got to do this thing. We're here for you. God willing, when you're ready, you. brother, you're, we're here for you when you're ready. I'm going to get best. it. You're the best, bro. Get I want to build do this thing. story, Mike, of 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 this this uh, this world that was, in a sense, um, it w- it was brought and collided into Earth, and then basically uh, somehow, some way, you know, God, divine intervention, everything was kind of like like nothing ever happened in a sense. Like it was saved, but it, it actually it happened. But it, then time was fast forward by these beings. They came in then at that point because this meteor crashed on this planet and they wanted to harvest it. It was called Godstone to them because it was a piece of the primordial beings when they put themselves together and then, and then the big bang to an extent happened and all these pieces of, um, chemicals and whatnot spread out throughout the cosmos. So these beings want to harvest it. Uh, they end up manipulating the species that's there that evolves and grows into hominids. Um, and they end up trying to use them as slaves. And it's going to be this whole story of, you know, this Enuma Elish and uh, the writings of kind of uh, a lot of different researchers, but the Anunnaki writings um, and how allegedly Earth was founded. So... Yeah, it's Sitchin, gonna be, uh, yeah, the world rest. called Sitchin yeah. and yeah, so it's going to be a world called Tia, which is like uh, Tiamat in a sense, but pe- different people said it differently, languages and such. And so I'm building that story right now. It's about a two, a prince and a princess named Warwick DeSoto and Jasmine DeSoto. Obviously, they have very um, modern sounding names, um, and with a, their language, it's going to be a little different. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they're the, basically the children of this Archon. And uh, this Archon is pretending to be an Archon named Elios. Really, he's an Archon named um, Sabath. And he's trying to channel his father, Yaldabaoth, onto the... Uh, and he's trying to, in a sense, bring back an ancient age. Not of darkness... 
because Thea is a world that operates within the electric universe, and it's just been now that Jupiter has zapped out Saturn, um, being two dwarf stars coming together at a certain point, they Jupiter zapped out Saturn, and now Thea has been is starting to be flung out from Saturn's magnetic orbit, if you will. Amen. The light has come into the universe, and there's no longer this purple haze upon the horizon. So now there's these three competing suns, in a sense. And uh, this is going to be the story from how, in a sense, Marduk defeated Tiamat. Yeah, well said. Back to, back to the old the old Anunnaki story. We'll, we'll uh, revisit that at some point too. I, I got to cut because we got a call behind you, and I and my teeth are swimming. I have yeah, to pee, man. You're the best. <laughs> I appreciate. It. Hey, I appreciate one. you, bro. Hey, you know you too. Let me know when you got a thing, and we'll uh, we'll we'll you're, you're you you know got a home here. You're the best. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being calling. Yep. Thanks for being a good friend. You're the best, bro. Likewise, brother. Appreciate you. Good night. Thanks a lot. Good night. That's a big wine, Hawaii. Uh, one sec. I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to literally, my teeth are swimming. I'm not even kidding. I have to pee. So, uh, uh, no offense. Uh, hang tight, Matt, in, uh, in uh, just a little music. Be right back. Give me uh, 30 seconds or so, 45 seconds. Be right back. All right, <laughs> thanks for bearing with me. Uh, we're uh, yeah doing the thing. Let's get to uh, Matt. Matt in uh, Colorado. Thanks for being patient. Uh, when you stand here for three hours doing the thing, and uh, you know three and a half or whatever it's been, uh, you you get it. Uh, I'm getting old. Uh, let's do it. Uh, Matt in Colorado, you're on troubled minds. What's up, brother? Go right ahead. I'm killing the echo right now. Uh, what what else you got? Well, I think your brackish water example was really good. I have my advanced scuba certification and I got to scuba dive in the largest cenote in the world in Mexico and they had the brackish water there. So you start out in, in fresh water and then you're going down and then because it's close to the ocean underneath after a while there's salt water, but in between there's brackish, but you can see, of course you're in the ocean, you can see clearly or you're in a swimming pool, fresh water, you can see clearly. But when it goes down in between the two and you get in that brackish water, it goes like all blurry. You can't see crap. And it's like really spooky because you're you're diving down in this place. It looks like a, you know, like a small pond or lake, but you're going down in there, but they have underground caves. Okay. And so you're scuba diving down in. And you get down like uh, 20 feet, 25 feet, and then the water turns brackish. And then all of a sudden, everything goes blurry. And all you can do is just like keep going down further till you get down into the salt water. And then your vision returns, you know, and then really awesome experience because you go down in these caves and scuba dive around and you're, you're got flashlights on and everything like that. But that's a good example um, because I think from my experiences in the, let's say, astral realm or Monroe would call it level two or whatever he calls it, um, there are degrees, there are gradients within that. It's not like one place. And, you know, Matt Sal was kind of talking about that with his ocean example and you did with the brackish water. Or you could picture a rainbow and it starts with, you know, 
red and then it goes to orange. But it's not just red and orange. In between the red and the orange, there's a thousand other different gradients of color. Well, it hap- it's exactly the same way when you're out of body. And if you, when you're on the astral realm, it's not just like, oh, I'm on the astral realm. No, it, it's, it's like that brackish water or that rainbow where there's a whole bunch of different gradients. And on all those different gradients, and, and uh, I don't remember, yeah, it was Matt was talking about that it, it, in those gradients all has to do with a matter of frequency and a matter of vibration. You know, he was kind of talking about angels and demons and whatever, and, and uh, that that's a matter of vibration or uh, frequency, or you could say density, you know, how dense or how non-dense or, or whatever. And that is what is I have experienced. So there's a lot of different levels within what we might call the astral. But then I, I want to also say that, uh, and Matt brought some of this up too, that um, there's levels beyond the astral where it's really kind of an entirely different level. It's a different dimension. Okay. And in between that, okay, so if you consider us as living on the third dimension, the astral dimension you would call the fourth dimension. But beyond that is the fifth dimension. Now, in between, even though there's gradients, in between the fourth dimension and the fifth dimension, there is a really pretty impenetrable barrier, or at least it keeps most people out. And and that's the golden ring. And and so it's what holds in to the astral realm, you know, all the um, deceased humans who are waiting to reincarnate. But there's a lot of other things in the astral realm. There are, Jen brought up, there are beings or entities that have never taken on physical form. So there's there's a lot of things in the astral realm, but they're kind of kept there and held into place. And when you journey out of body and you're just astral journeying, uh, you're kind of kept in that realm as well. Um, but if you can um, uh, go beyond that golden band, which is not easy to do, you can go into the fifth dimension. And then when you go into the fifth dimension, you leave behind all the kind of, you know, kind of crap and shitheads and the things I was talking about with battle and, and the, you know, sort of more um, dense and lower vibrational entities that exist on the fourth dimension. Because the only way out of that is, is basically a, um, an evolution or an enlightenment or higher consciousness. And Robert was bringing that up and, and you were talking about that, um, that, that uh, with Monroe going through um, sort of these barriers and restrictions and, and you, it takes sort of an evolution. So a more evolved, um, I'm just going to say consciousness can get beyond that and go into the the fifth dimension, which just think of that as going from, you know, in the rainbow, from the red to the orange. Well, within the orange, there's also a spectrum. Uh, So there's always gradients within each one of these dimensions. And then also you can go from the fifth to the sixth, which I've done. 
and and there's multiple dimensions and, and layers. And one of the other things that I can report, you know, not only is are there these barriers, but I can also report that there are these um, entities that are gatekeepers, and they are beings, and they're very large, very powerful beings that they're they they will try to prevent anybody who's not evolved enough or has a high enough frequency or not prepared, etc., uh, to travel from you know either one gradient or one dimension to the other, and and so you have to, and they give you, they confront you, they come up to you if you're trying to cross dimensions, and um, and you encounter them, and you have to be able to deal with them, and they give you you know they basically test you. And they give you tests, and if you can't pass their test, you're not getting into the next dimension. It's a, the next, yeah, it's uh, like, yeah, escort, escorts. Uh, Sherry says as uh, the riddle of the sphinx type of stuff. I almost did a show on that recently. I may do it coming up, but uh, yeah, I mean, hey, we I got to cut, man. We're 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 so 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 late. Thanks for popping back in here and, and adding more. We'll 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 do this again soon. In and not just talk about uh, the the idea of the locale three. Uh, two, we'll talk about locale three and how it's basically the upside down. He he literally describes uh, like the Stranger Things version of the upside down in locale three in his book. Uh, it's super bizarre. Uh, what's happening out there? You're the best, Matthew. Thanks for calling. Thanks for being part of this. Uh, let's roll it. I'm out. You're out. Let's let's go to sleep. I got to eat and stuff. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Yeah. Well, great show tonight. Thanks for staying long. Have a good night. Thanks a lot. You too. Uh, Joseph in Iowa, you're, you make a quick, pretty please. Final, final call. Promise. Oh, I thought you guys were going. I thought you were going another hour, man. No, man. I didn't know uh, what was going on. No, it's cool. It's, it's fine. We're, we're, uh, we're time traveling. But uh, just, just make it quick. What, what, what are your points here? And then we'll, we'll wrap this. <clears throat> so I was just, uh, I kind of got thrown off. He was talking about from red to orange. That's like my whole album thing I made. And then. When, okay, so basically, I was thinking from red to orange could be like, like a shift from like, like living your dreams like a game, and then creating that your dreams, like and harnessing your dreams, like and experiencing, like things, like I don't know, like I imagine like the ultimate dream. I'm just gonna give you an ultimate dream would be experiencing, and that would be like everything, like a sushi cut at a time. And then it just sizzles away, but you remember each experience kind of, but each one's like a little Horton. Here's a who on it, you know? And like, I I just imagine like creating like, like Minecraft, right? At that point, like you can just start constructing in your subconscious all these crazy things. Like, I don't know. It, it It could get weird, man. Like, dealing with your dreams. I, I had a, a dream one time where it was everything. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine anything else in that dream that wasn't in that dream. Like there was just all kinds of environments. It seemed to be desert, but everything was in the desert that I imagined. I live in the desert. All so at once. I get it. <laughs> I get it. No, yeah, I, I, yeah it's, it's like Vegas almost. Yeah, you know, you know, I like the desert. It, but, uh, it resonates to Mars. 
like kind of kind of that you're right like that feeling like you're on some alien planet it's so weird yeah we we got to cut uh, amazing stuff as always uh, if you got to break it down to uh yep. to to dreaming near-death experience and out-of-body experience and remote viewing do you think they're all similar enough to basically quantify them as the same thing I don't know. I know near death. I, I know near death and out of body experience would be, I think, different. I think some of it would be. I I could imagine this stuff would be a little different in a way. But and then again, you're going to the construct of your mind. So what would make it that different is the intensity and the vibrations. So maybe they are the same. You know, calculated the same. Yeah. Maybe they are like literally the same thing, you know? Yeah, that's why I ask. It it seems similar. Uh, Shout out to Robert over on Rockfin. He says, hey, everybody, let's do all do the out-of-body experience tonight and project our spirits to Las Vegas and party at Michael's house. If any of you pinches my ass without my my consent, you're in trouble. Uh, uh, Yeah, thank you for the uh, the additional tip there on Rockfin. You're the best, Joseph. Thanks for calling. Thanks for being part of this. And uh, let's wrap this. I'm out of here. Have a great night, bro. Yeah, have a good one. Thanks a lot, you too. That's Joseph in Iowa. Iowa walks. Uh, he's got a YouTube channel. Talented musician, smart guy. You guys already know. Uh, links in the description. Uh, TroubleMinds.org forward slash friends. It says, follow Joseph here. Please give him a follow on his channel. Like I said, uh, we're collaborating. This is not about uh, shilling or plugging or doing any of this stuff. It's just about uh, you know, kind of getting together and talking about these these situations. And I don't know, right? Like um, as I always say, I'm channeling myself. And, and I just mean that uh, I, I, I feel called to talk about particular things at a particular time, and I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means. I, I'm just, you know, maybe, maybe today I'm uninterested in this, but maybe tomorrow I'm interested in this. I don't know. So I'm just kind of going with my gut and uh, doing the old uh, news cycles and all the rest. I don't know. You tell me. As always, like, uh, don't forget... This conversation is not about me. It's about us. Uh, follow our friends, troubledminds.org forward slash friends. If you contribute to the show in any way whatsoever, uh, and I, you're not on that list, send me an email and we'll put you on the list. And just if you're dropping links or re- retweeting or doing the things, it all, it all plays, it all counts. Uh, as we finish, it goes like this. If you want to help Troubled Minds uh, directly, listen to the... listen. Go listen. By the way, the radio station is booming. Like, overnight, it just went from like middling, 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 like blam, like 10x. So go listen to the uh, the, the Trouble Minds radio station, KUAP Digital Broadcasting is one way to help. Uh, the other ways, of course, if you want to spend a few bucks, uh, do the thing like Robert just did twice tonight. You can tip over on Rockfin or, of course, on Rumble. Uh, and uh, in this order, Rockfin, Rumble... Uh, what is it? Uh, troubledfans.com if you like the merch. What is it? I don't know. Uh, links are in the description. I don't know. I, I hate plugging myself in it. It's a pain in the ass. Uh, meaning that, uh, you know, you, you, got, you guys are smart enough to know where to find all that stuff. Uh, if you want to help, look, and don't want to spend money or don't have money to spend, perfect. You're in the right place. Spread the word. Let people know that there's a conversation happening where I, we're not going to tell you who to vote for. We're not going to go some nonsense cultural war BS. We're not going to talk about all the things they expect us to talk about. You're going to get a curveball every single day, and you don't even know if it's going to be a, a cutter or a 
a slider or whatever else for you baseball fans. You have no idea what's coming because I have no idea what's coming. We'll see what, what tomorrow brings. Uh, there you go. Uh, don't forget. Uh, it, it, that's it. It's the final way. Spread the word, of course. Thank you for spending your time and energy is the most important thing. Spread the word. Let us uh, let let somebody know there's a conversation happening. It's not going to include all that culture war nonsense and the binary lefty-righty politics, which is just nonsensical garbage to me. Uh, but also, uh, the final way, the easiest way, the best way is to listen to the podcast feed. It's five years of troubled minds. It's um, all manner of things, as you can imagine. And ima- just think about that. Five years of this type of stuff. Clearly, we're better now than we've ever been and going to be better tomorrow as a result of the experience and the friends we've made. But think about all the amazing stuff that's on that podcast feed. Over 680 episodes, five years back, tons of stuff to consider and think about. Good pods, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Go listen to that. Let those ads run. It helps. As we finish, it goes like this. Be sure, be strong, be true. Thank you for listening. From our troubled minds to yours, have a great night. We'll see you guys tomorrow, God willing.